Some of the content of Patriots Unfiltered may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world's original podcast. Welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. I mean, you know, he's been around the freaking team for like 20 years. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I, so yeah. have I. That's I why just you're so good. Their, you're the best at what you do. <laughs> doesn't give me any credentials. And, you know, people look at Bill as like, you know, kind of straight lace. He's a rebel. He's a rabble rouser. He's been all his life. If I was interested in hiring Gerard, that would be part of my interview. Is like, Gerard, what do you do there? I just want to say something about Matt Patricia because, you know, every, it's, it's, you know, hunting season. Patriots Nation, instead of killing this guy, they should be thanking him. Yeah, I sure. Mean, sorry. I mean the sacrifices that this man made. Oh, yeah. I mean, so why do you have to like thank him? He did a terrible job. But you don't have to call him names. I get that. I, I mean, re- really, we should thank him. Thank you for wasting a year of Mac Jones's development. Thank you for having him regress. I mean, jeez. I, I mean, I think we should just buy him like uh, you know. I do roses a new, or whatever. A new, a new car. If they're good, they're good. I don't care who their daddy is. This is Patriots Unfiltered, fueled by Duncan. Patriots no idea what that referred to. I don't either, but that's All right. Welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. It is Tuesday here at Gillette Stadium. And, uh, you know, we're in between having one of our first emergency podcasts of 2023. In case you missed it, uh, we got together on Friday to discuss the release that went out Thursday night. We felt it was warranted. Um, and so if you have... I'll just start right off that you can sign up for those emergency podcasts. You go to patriots.com slash audio slash alert, and you can sign up to make sure that as soon as we post one of those things, you get alerted so you can see it right away. Uh, But, you know, we have to, I guess, start off with, you know, what happened on Thursday. And even though we did have the emergency, kind of we've had a little bit more time to digest it now. Uh, Things are happening around the league. And. You know, uh, Deuce is here, Tamara's here, Evan, Paul, I'm here, Matt's in the booth, it's it's a full house. We got Faith, don't forget about Faith. Faith. Making a radio yeah, voice Yeah, we have a new there. addition, Faith is learning the ropes in the producing room, so, uh, uh, but, you know, any thoughts, you know, from Thursday to now about that release? Um, I mean, sure, I'll go. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm I a lumberjack oh, look over thank there. You. Uh, <laughs> Gillette's on strike. You got the flannel. I feel like going. I'm off season deuce right yeah, now. I got a little, little, little shave going. Um, oh, a couple things. I mean, I, I I just think the biggest thing for me is it sounds like they're going to hire an actual offensive coordinator, and I I just I like that. You're going to have some people coming in. I don't know if they're going to be doing the whole Twitter dog and pony show that goes on after now an extensive. I know. Re- uh, interview process right. we decided to stay with Matt Patricia <laughs> we just uh, <laughs> they better not tweet that out um, but yeah it's uh, I, I just like that we talked about last week didn't know if they were going to actually hire an offensive coordinator they're just going to bring a guy in and kind of shuffle the decks you know shuffle the deck chairs so to speak so I, I like that and I like I like you know signs pointing to Mayo being around but I, I hesitate to get too speculative on that because I mean he, I did see over the weekend he turned down the the Panthers job reported well he, he, oh, the, the he interview decided not to even interview. enter for the Panthers yeah. job so yeah um that it, to it, me tells me he's coming yeah, yeah so it does seem like he's going to be back in what capacity that's that's kind of what we've been talking about but I think it's it's good news it just seems like a good way to start the offseason if you're a Patriots fan to get all right you know we're going to keep one of your longtime really valued coaches and we're, we're actually going to get on the offensive coordinator. Well, Tamara, I haven't heard from you yet. Hi. Hi. Um, my biggest thing is the transparency, right? I mean, especially after last season where there was so much ambiguity of who's calling the plays, who's not, who's this, who's that, to have to actually come out and say, 
we are doing this and not just have everyone guessing like, oh, is Gerard Mayo going to go interview for the Browns DC job? Is he going to do this? Is he going to do that? You know, are the Patriots going to go after um, O'Brien? It's like they're making it clear like we are going to hire someone. We are going to do this. It's just something that, you know, we didn't have to see like all last season. Yeah. A bunch of guessing. And now it's like. Forget about all this. last season. Forever. For, for the last 21 years. Yeah. You know, we've yeah. never seen anything like it. So I just think the transparency for me, even if we don't necessarily know precisely what's going to happen, it's like that transparency of we are planning on doing this and starting this next week. It, it's yeah. huge. Evan? Accountability and transparency. Both of them. I think finally we have some acknowledgement that this wasn't good this past year on offense. And I like that accountability because I've, I felt that the Monday morning press conference after the Bills loss with Bill Belichick, there wasn't a ton of accountability. There was some finger pointing, I think, going on there. So we finally get a united front that this is not what is up to standard. Uh, I like the transparency, too. I think the last thing that when I came up with the candidates list that that I posted on on Thursday night or Friday morning, every other candidate besides Bill O'Brien – trying to finagle it right like i'm like okay well i, I like zach robinson i, I think he's a, a bright offensive coach i used your guy in my notes too. I, I i think he's a good quarterbacks coach but is that system really what's best for the patriots if they go to a mcveigh shanahan style scheme and you're trying to piece together but the only candidate that checks every single box is bill o'brien and i think we're at the point now where what what's the holdup? Is it that Bill O'Brien's not a hundred percent sold on coming back? Is it that they're, they're not a hundred percent sold on Bill O'Brien? Like where is the right. the disconnect? Because this to me is a slam dunk. Right. It's a guy that coached at Alabama, a guy that coached here, a guy that has a relationship with the quarterback. There's really no other candidate that fits the bill so, better. But the fact that they haven't announced O'Brien yet, Paul, do you think that means anything? Or is it well, just... They, th- that's, I think the whole reason for the transparency is because they got in a little trouble last year for skirting the rules. Yeah. And I think they have to follow the rules like Rudy everybody rule. else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that, uh, that to me, is the biggest reason why we haven't heard anything about O'Brien That yet. makes sense. I think you have to go through, and, you know, Mike, you said you don't know if they're going to have the Twitter thing. I think they are because I think it's kind of required. Mm-hmm. I think you, you, you need to sort of let people know that, you know, I, I, one of the teams, was it Houston that just interviewed um, Sean Payton? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they immediately said, you know, we've yep. concluded an interview with Sean Payton for our vacant head coaching. I think that's – Maybe not like a rule on paper with every team, but I think you're starting to see that more and more around the league. You're sort of letting the league know. Giving receipts. Yeah. <laughs> These are the guys we've talked to. We had an interview with this guy. And I think part of that is is the Rooney rule. I think the Patriots, the way they did it last year with Matt Patricia, you know, I, I think they probably were spoken to about it, you know, and making sure they do it through the proper channels this time. And that's, you know, we we look for little clues. That might be why they never gave him a title. Oh, mm-hmm. well, yeah. I think the biggest reason is the money. But, yeah, because then that, that allowed them to say, Not, well, we didn't have an offensive coordinator. You know, it's just nonsense. Wasted energy. Wasted energy is right, is the right mm-hmm. way to put it. It's just, just, you know, my God. How much of that stuff – that you let slide in the previous 20 years now feels like wasted energy when you're not winning playoff games anymore. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. a lot of the a lot of the the subterfuge and stuff like that that they do and it's like can you just Yeah, you can afford to be cute. Yeah. Back then, you can't afford to be cute. It's anymore. like I I always tease you, Mike, and I always say you still believe, right? You know, like 
those little things yeah. that, that there is you know there's a segment of patriots fans that still believe that it's you know the middle class it's you know the cap management it's not telling anybody about injuries mm. you know it's being evasive with the that's what allowed them to win. no really good players allowed them to win you know and and if they didn't have the good players you can hide the injuries all you want you're not going to win uh the other thing that kind of snuck out there it's, I, I don't know who reported it but i it might have been um Phil Perry, that Bill signed off on the release that went out. Because we all said, okay, this is Robert. This is Robert saying, okay, we're, we're putting this out there. And I think it was. But he reported, I think it was him, that Bill had signed off on it as well. Hmm. 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 Everyone's just, hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you're not buying it? I, I mean, what is what alternative did he have? The owner put I, a yeah, I know. Out. I know. I, that's, I mean, <laughs> that's that, kind of that, where I am. Like, he was okay with it because he didn't have a choice. And this yeah. would – and then I just – I don't think in a hundred years that he would ever want to release something that says, "Hey, this is he what we're want, thinking of doing." Do that. No, uh, but I think he probably understood where they were at. I mean, I think for me, it's about optics too. You know, about getting fans back on board as much as as, as getting the team back on board. But like, I and mean, I keep hitting that point. Just I yeah. think that that's what they want. I thought do. Evan brought up a good point about the Monday press conference that we talked about last week. That Bill kind of seemed to be pointing fingers a little bit. And I think if you look back real quick, the short little timeline, I feel like. The offseason. It's one week old. Like, you know, we have <laughs> all these things. So immediately after the season was over, Robert Kraft issued a letter to season ticket members. Right. Saying there will be changes. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? Yep. The next day, the head coach was like, well, you know, yeah. quarterback. I mean, he, he 27th could, in cash could, spending. He could play in this he league. He could probably play in this league. Yeah. Um, you know, with 27th in cash spending. And then. Well, I, I guess he didn't hear me the first time. <laughs> right. So here's a release. This is what we're going to do. It, it, this it is did, what we're doing. It did seem that way. And, and Bill's on board, by the way. It, it, <laughs> it yeah, did right. seem that way. So now also we're, we're hearing, you know, you would think we'd know, but we don't for sure, that the coaches are on vacation this week. They're all gone. Uh, so when does this interview process begin, and who's doing the interviewing? Should have began yeah. Friday. That's the other issue that I have with this because this is what happens, and now that teams bow out of the playoffs, the Chargers just fired their offensive coordinator. Every offensive coordinator that's available is going to want to coach Justin Herbert. So that mm-hmm. your job is automatically number two, if not lower, on the pecking order. And now when you don't get it done – in a timely manner i do worry about that because if you're bill o'brien and the chargers call and say hey we want to interview you uh for the oc position i'm coaching justin herbert over mac jones like if that's who i'm hitching my wagon to then I- i'm gonna take the better player mm-hmm. yeah. I-, I-, I i have concerns and that's about a better that's, interesting. that's a better option but there are also it looks like tampa bay's offensive coordinator job is going to be open too yeah. you know it looks like they're going to yeah. fire left which now that's not more attractive than because right now they don't, they don't have, have a quarterback, quarterback. right M- my guess would be that they, they don't have one you know the jets ha- have a big so there's yeah. other teams that are going to be looking to fill these roles yeah Kaylee and, today and i think the charges one that that evan brings up i mean it's the best job in the nfl right now yeah you get to play in i mean if you could probably succeed in i that. mean I and, <laughs> and brandon staley is like one Tell fourth me. down go for a call next year probably away from getting canned you know like i can't that's believe gotta be <laughs> i can't believe he didn't get uh steph georgievich <laughs> like if i'm bill o'brien you find your own way home son you think bill o'brien goes there as the oc he's kind of waiting in the wings if they had to f- make a move that's, in the I middle think of that's the season point it's a much more attractive yeah you know? I, I, the rumors right now are that they've been linked to frank reich which is the same yeah. thing I, I think for frank reich it would mm-hmm. be a great hire for them and then all of a sudden if staley gets fired four weeks into the season 
You got Frank Reich on staff ready I to. Got this. It is, it's a one fourth down attempt, isn't it? Right. It's like, wait, what are you so doing? You're on your the, own 40. That's the only thing, and I know yeah. we'll get to the, the weekend yeah. games too. That's the only thing he didn't do in that game. <laughs> right. And I got to be honest with you, there was at least twice that I think he should have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he has reversed course completely. He went from this new age math coach that went for it on fourth down all the time to this year he's one of the most conservative fourth down decision makers in the league, <laughs> and they probably lost the game because he's changed his stripes. Which yeah, is, and it wasn't so much funny. field goals because I think he kicked field goals properly, but I yeah. thought there were some fourth down situations that he punted on yeah, that I absolutely. think the way the game was going, they probably would have converted. You know, they had momentum. It's just wild that somebody finally got to him and was like, let's be less aggressive on fourth down, and then he changes his stripes, and then he loses the game. I I didn't see the second game. Would you agree? My my feeling, though, was like, and this was in the first half of that game, not to jump ahead, but I felt like Herbert never really, like, so much happened for him that he never really got into a rhythm himself and never really found his well, game losing in, his, least in the first his, half. You know, he was without Mike Williams. Then he lost, yeah. uh, what's his face, um, Carter uh, in the middle of the game, who's a little, like, kind of yeah, jack-of-all-trades for, for him. Bit, wasn't he? Um, it, it, and it was weird because even when they scored, they weren't on the field because they had right. so many short fields. They, yeah. went, they went right in and scored, and they just never really seemed – like, that was one of those games that, like, Bill would talk about, like – Obviously, we weren't in control of the game on the scoreboard, but we felt like we were playing better yeah. than it looked. Yeah, and I think they were right. I mean, right. I give I give Trevor Lawrence a lot of credit. I, I think we're that's gonna get an, into all that's the games. an incredibly I, I, hard thing to do. I do want to stick to the the Patriots news and and kind of you know get it all out there before we move on. So what else we got? Well, there's the whole Gerard Mayo situation. Um, so it's he's definitely looked like he's staying. Um, the question right now is in what capacity. You know what do you? I you know I'm assuming it's going to be assistant, assistant head, head coach, coach, right? But I mean, that's the only thing that makes like, right logic sense to me. I don't making him defensive coordinator doesn't make sense to me because you got Steve there still. Right. So I, it's hard. I, but I think that that covers your thing, Fred, of giving him some of the experience. Of course, the Patriots want him to get that experience and then probably stay here with it. But at least from Gerard's point of view, he's probably getting a nice pay bump and he's going to get that experience of overseeing things and. Like you said on the pod, opening his world perhaps yeah. to, to Gerard. Um, you know that, that that that's my question is is how much of this is a move to give Gerard what he wants to stay, but how much do the Crafts have an eye an eye toward the future with Gerard Mayo as as a potential replacement, and how do you manage that and make that happen? I just I just that's what I just want. wonder though, like you know, because if you're Mayo, you want things that are going to help you down the road, mm-hmm. right? So you're an assistant coach to Bill Belichick. Like, again, what are you doing? What are you <laughs> actually doing? You know, and I just wonder, like, how does that help him become a head coach someday? Because that's what he wants to do. I, you know, it's. I think yeah. the guy we got to get on the phone with, Marine Maz, call up Dante. Because he was the assistant head coach by title for right? a decade. Right. And I, my guess is, is that you just have a hand in a little bit of everything, right, or as opposed to just your side but of the ball. But is Bill going to give him actual responsibility and right. take it off his yeah. own play? I, they, I go back to the play calling, too, on defense because they're not taking play calling from Steve. They're not. And, and if you don't call a side of the football – it's just really hard to get a head coaching job. If you don't call a side, if you're not an offensive guru, if you're not a defensive guru that's calling the defense, then what do you do? Right. What do you do? You're and, not and, a guru. What do you do? And, and there's oh so much and there's so much game plan stuff during the week and practice and you know, coaching up technique and I, I get all that, but I, I just think that at the end of the day, every single head coach in the league now 
has play calling experience and is is the guy on one side of the football. And we saw that all weekend long. Every single de- court, uh, head coach in, that played this weekend, it felt like had a play sheet in their hand. And it was calling either offense or defense. So if you're Gerard Mayo, what you, you still don't get to call the defense. I mean, so it, I, I don't understand that. Is there has there ever been a head coach that rose to that level who really only his you know uh, resume was just a leader? And he wasn't like an expert on either side of the ball, and it's just you know relies on yeah. a really strong Owen offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and he's just Does the guy have to that be good? sets the or tone. Just that, that just fills that criteria. Because I would say Joe Judge filled that criteria. He wasn't good, but <laughs> yeah. but he, he, got, a head, but he it, got a head coaching job by coaching special teams. Right. Yeah. But I mean, you do have Our to ball. call special teams. I hate that, but yeah. you do have to call that. I mean, I think the only other one that I can think of at the top of my head is Dan Campbell, who was the assistant head coach in New Orleans, but they had Sean Payton calling the offense and they had Dennis Allen calling the defense. So I don't think he was calling anything right. in did, those games. So did maybe John Har- him? Harbaugh came from special teams, but did he call yeah, he, he, the side he of the did the, like the, the Joe Judge thing. I think he yeah. had like one year as like a position coach or something. Yeah. Well, this might be an example, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's tough. Like if I'm the owner or whoever is making that decision, the GM, like, what did you yeah. actually do? It would be interesting <laughs> to hear from Dante. Uh, you know, Evan brings that up. But because uh, I, I got to be honest, I've always kind of thought of assistant head coach is sort of like a a bone. Yeah. Like, it's really nothing. Yeah. It's a He's, reason whatever to give the, you more money. Whatever the position coach is, yeah. that's what he – like, I always thought Dante was the offensive line coach, you know, when he right. was the assistant head coach. I don't think he was, like, specially in a meeting with Bill. I You know, I think it's sort of assumed that if – Bill's night, and we saw Dante step in for Bill when I, I was it when Bill's dad passed away. I think. Oh, remember he he yeah. kind of ran the press conferences, and he he was the acting head coach, Alexander Haig for a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like I like that's the way I look at assistant head coach. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, and that's why I think. No, I think that's spot on. Yeah. I, I think it's I think it's ceremonial there in case of emergency, yeah. and I think that maybe he's in the room a little bit more often than he would have been beforehand. So, so now. If you're again, if you're Gerard, you want some kind of assurance that this is actually going to happen down the road. You know, um, I'm I'm turning down, you know, an interview with a team for a head coach yeah. because I'm I'm getting some assurance. And if you're Bill Belichick, you got this guy kind of nipping at your heels. Does that make for an awkward situation? Also, would you turn down a head coaching job to potentially take a coordinator job? just so you can get more experience? Because, I mean, for example, um, you've seen just so many black coaches get these head coaching jobs, and after one year they're fired because they weren't ready for it. And so I'm I looking at that Panthers job, and I see that he turned it down. It could be because he's like, hey, I haven't called a game. Well, I he didn't turn the job down. He turned the interview down. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, maybe he thought I shouldn't interview yet until I get – you know, well, maybe somebody convinced him that, but he's come out on several occasions saying, I want to be a head coach. Yeah, D'Amico Ryan's in San Francisco yeah. said, I need another year. Yeah. And he went back to the Niners and coordinated their defense. And now his name is all over the place, as yeah. it was would have been in last year's cycle as well. But he, he bowed out and said that I'm not ready yeah. and yeah. I need more experience. Yeah. And Mayo was interviewed for head coaching jobs yeah. Yeah. already, yeah. just not this year. Right. Yeah. So I it's something that they gave him. Well, hopefully he gets something. I mean, even if it's well, I, I to mean, Evan's point, it's like I don't know if you take the play calling away from um, Steve, but it's like 
would you let Mayo potentially learn how to call some plays and I mean, call I this year? I mean, I think he could probably just, hop no. right in and do it. I would say get him experience on the offensive side of the ball a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, if he comes back and he's still the inside linebackers coach, then, I, I, then I would, it just seems like it's ceremonial. But yeah. is there any way to get him some experience? I would on want the something like if after two years, <laughs> if after two years I haven't <laughs> been named the head coach, I'm free to leave, go wherever I want. I don't need permission, you know, or something, something like that. Well, he wouldn't yeah. need permission. To go be the head coach of someone else? Well, I mean, I'm sure they need permission. They told in the release they said a long term deal. No, I know that. So but I if he care. wants to be a head coach somewhere else, he could go, he could go right now. Yeah. If he want if if he turned down that that interview, but nothing contractually is going to prevent him from being a head coach somewhere else. I, I don't. Whatever the job is, I can leave and go anywhere I want for any reason. If after two years I'm not the head coach, I you know. I just feel like the whole – and look, this is a societal thing. It's not just the NFL, but the whole interview process for coaching is so out of whack. In Cleveland, they brought Brian Flores in for the first interview. Pretty much every single sign pointed to Brian Flores getting the job, and this morning they announced Jim Schwartz as the defensive coordinator. Schwartzy. How many? He's coordinated every defense in the league. And it's point. just – this is his fourth This is his fourth stint as fourth, a defensive fourth. coordinator. Fourth stint as a D.C., and then I also look at the Patriots situation. We all think Bill O'Brien's the best guy for the job. Tom Curran's reporting that the people in football ops thinks that Bill O'Brien's the best guy for the job. But because of the Rooney rule, they're going to make a, a minority coach come in for a sham interview. Like they're not if they have you know Pep Hamilton or Marcus Brady in here for an they're not getting the job. Bill O'Brien's getting the job, right? And I just I feel bad. For wasting those people's time. Yep. I feel bad about it because, and I think the Rooney Rule is trying to accomplish the right thing. Well, the way they've sold it is, it's, you know, if you look at it as experience interviewing for that job, you know, it's not a waste of time. But I I hear what you're saying. Sometimes, though, it's like checking a box when a team already knows, like, that they're going to hire. Oh, absolutely. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just feel like there's a, at the end of the day, the guy that gets the job is going to, it was, yeah. predetermined like yep. the Browns knew that Jim Schwartz was getting that job they did and how many times and I think this is a good honest question for like a GM or something how many times are you actually swayed in an interview where you went in thinking this is our our guy and then all of a sudden somebody blows you out of the water and you completely pivot uh, it happened yeah. to me and uh when I interviewed with you no, no that, that was a long <laughs> time ago appreciate you no there was a, a recent hire that we made um she came in and blew us away and we ended up hiring her instead of the other person that we had as number one Nicolette I can hmm. see oh yeah uh, just for throwing Nicolette. it out there yeah good job but I will Congrats. say on the opposite side I have interviewed with a team that I will remain nameless and I felt like they wasted my time in the sense of they brought me in like made it seem like you know i they were really interested in me i felt like i blew it away i mean the people i talked to said i did an incredible job and all along they were going to hire someone else yeah Yeah. the entire time it was almost just like okay we got a minority person in for an interview we did it yeah and but we're still going to go with this and it's it's so annoying happened to me three times that's crazy when i was working for you you know all the stories yeah Yeah. i just feel bad for because I i got asked this question because I didn't put a minority coach on my initial candidates list, so somebody said, "Well, how are they gonna, how are they gonna check off the the Rooney Rule box?" 
It's like the fact that I have to throw somebody out there just to check a box yeah. is yeah. so it's so funny. You said I, I purposely didn't put a minority candidate in my notes today for that exact reason. Right. Because I know people are just going to say, well, look at him. He's being the good company boy. He's just like putting it down there so people won't. No, that's up to the Patriots to figure out who they're going to interview, not me. I, I agree with you. I don't know what the answer is to fix the process because this happens in all walks of life that you have a yep. candidate that you like and that guy gets the job or that girl gets the job even if you have 10 people in for interviews. So it's not like it's just in the NFL. But I, I just feel like they're just marching these these minority coaches into these interviews but, just because you know, they have to. On the other side of it, it's, it's probably good for teams to you know meet these people and mm-hmm. find out who they are because you never know. Three years from now, you know, hey, you know, we had that. And he was good. Let's bring him back. Yeah. You know, I mean, you maybe familiarize yourself with with people. I that just are look out at there. Gerard's situation with Carolina, for example. And did he get intel out of Carolina that you're not actually getting this job, mm-hmm. right? Like we, they, they have somebody that they want. That would be my guess. That they're targeting and they're bringing you in because they have to. And, but you're not actually getting this job. Same thing with Cleveland because. Brian Flores t- took the interview and got passed over by Jim Schwartz, who has failed three different times as a defensive well, coordinator. Also, remember, you know, Bill famously uh, texted the wrong Brian about <laughs> the Giants job. Yeah, and he, he was, did that on purpose. <laughs> he was actually telling what he meant to be doing is telling Dable, yeah, you got the job. I found out. But wasn't that the timing of that before the interview process had been finished? Yep. Yeah. So that was in the bag. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, who you know, whoever was interviewed after the date yeah. of that text. I don't think there's it was any. A sham. I don't think there's anything wrong with having it in the bag. I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong no. with the Patriots want Bill O'Brien no, to be the offensive no, but coordinator. But it just happens. Yeah. But because of the way the rules are set up, you can't do that anymore. Right. Right. Just, like that. That's the problem. I think there's there's got to be a better way right. to get minority candidates in the in the building in the, in like you know in the game. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, instead of having a, a, a sham interview. Right. Like, is there another process? Right. It has to be a better way. Yeah. yeah. You know, whether it be, you know, what are the... Um, it's almost like, you know, for colleges, so I'm trying to think of someone who got fired recently. I can't even think of one right now off the top of my head. But for colleges, most times they have a committee that brings in different people. So, like, it's it could be biased, but it's less biased because you have so many people involved in like inserting names yeah so then you can decide from that group of names who you actually want to bring in for an yeah. interview yeah what is like the a search w- team. what is the yeah. um th- there's some kind of an event that the nfl has now where the owners are there uh and they in the team's i think steve cargyle went to it with the patriots and the, mm-hmm. and the goal is to get um as many of the minority decision makers for lack of a bit you know coaches personnel guys whatever all in the room with all of the owners and now this way they all get to meet owners from all the different it's not interviews but you you sort of you get more familiar with the process right and and with the people that's how i mean how did anybody ever get a job like I know, it was the vast majority of people that get jobs in this world yeah. is it's all but, but, it's, but I'm not even talking about old boy. It's it's connections. It's networking. Yeah, that that I mean that that's word of mouth. How did I get this? Job? Like Brian Mori, I played baseball with in college. Right. Mike Reese left, and he said, "Hey, what do you think?" That's how I came here. Right. Like yeah. it's it's all word of mouth and networking. So if you uh, if you get but if you're not people, in the network, exactly, you don't have access. Get these people in the network. Yeah. And now, to Tamara's point, the next time I have a search committee, 
well, maybe Marcus Brady is in that group with Bill O'Brien more frequently mm-hmm. because I know him. I met this guy. He really impressed me. I like him. It wasn't an interview. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a forced interview, yeah. which I don't think is the way to get this done. I just yeah. – it's like – it's just hard because the NFL I, is so small. I don't have the answer, you, you, but it's you know all the not candidates. This. I mean, you kind of know everybody who's you know other industries. I mean, I you know agree with the bigger point that this exists everywhere. But I think too with you know just in New England, who are we going to? Guys that we that were here, you know. So and, and most teams aren't willing to take chances. Yeah, you know. That's I mean that's I mean and that's why everyone's like Bill O'Brien. Right here we go. <laughs> right back on that train. Well, because everybody here automatically thinks that Bill won't go outside his comfort zone. That's yeah. why I lean to Bill O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. But you won't. All right. 855-PATS-500 is the ace ticket hotline. Web radio at patriots.com is the email address. Uh, the games this weekend. Oh, yes. Yeah. I was particularly so happy for Trevor Lawrence. Particularly. Um, even when he fell behind, I I knew he was going to come back and make it close. Did you watch the whole thing, Fred? Wait, I did. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. You knew that? Oh, yeah. You, you knew it? Absolutely. Ask my wife. I said, he, he's going to come back. Don't worry. I will I'm say, there, there are just not many players that I think mentally can overcome throwing that many interceptions and a half uh, being it was down dreadful. like that. Yeah. Yes. Mentally. NFL record. Dreadful. Yeah. Embarrassing. Just mentally, especially, you know, in a in a guy who this is his first playoffs, this was his first time in a wild card game. Like, yeah. just he could have easily been like, "Well, we we made it to the playoffs. You know, that's an accomplishment in itself." Yeah, we'll we'll try again next and, year. And, you but know, San Diego, not San Diego. <laughs> the Chargers helped a mm-hmm. little, uh, a, little. Or a lot, but <laughs> but yeah, you're right to have the the mindset to just come out and keep keep working at it. You know, and I guess that first year helped him. You know, the, what he went through with Urban Meyer and all that crap, you know, it can't get worse than that. And that, that helped him, I think, um, you know, in this league. And so I was glad that, you know, they advanced. I don't think they're going to beat the Bills. Uh, but, I, you know, Chiefs. I was the, we, yeah. whoever they play, yeah. mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're the fourth seed of the remaining four in the AFC. And, but I'm, I'm happy that he, he got through that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, just a bigger point to take away for me was just generally from the weekend was like there are definitely three top AFC teams, but I don't see why the Patriots can't get back into this mm-hmm. you know lower echelon mix with the Chargers and okay. the Ravens. I mean, Absolutely, Lamar, but but you know it's just I think you look in the offseason, it seemed like God the AFC is so stacked, and then when you really boil it down to the end of the year and you get to the playoffs and you see all right, like yeah, they're they're outside, but. They're not that far off. Yeah, from when it's Mahomes versus Burrow in the AFC yeah, Championship that's, game, that's, are you going to no, feel the no, same no, way? No, I'm not. No, but it's three teams. But I would have liked to play you know? this week. I, <laughs> see, I just looked at it, and I'm a little, I mean, not surprisingly, I look at it a little bit less optimistically <laughs> than Mike. I, I look at some of those, like, you know, like Miami goes up to Buffalo, and they had every opportunity to win the game. Now, I thought they were thoroughly outplayed mm-hmm. in the game, and the turnovers kept them in it, but. You know, I, I think the Bills did a lot of things to try to keep you in the game, too, when you couldn't stay in the game. Yeah. Okay. And that's a lower echelon team with a third-string rookie quarterback playing. Like, yeah. that's not – I'm not comparing them to Cincy, Kansas City, and Buffalo. I'm comparing them to Miami. Miami found a way to play the Bills three times, nose-to-nose. Yeah. Like – It helps when the quarterback turns it over four times. No, I, I, I get it. I, I get it. There, there, were, there were mistakes made, you know. Uh, but – I think the Bills made a lot of mistakes against the Patriots, and the Patriots couldn't yeah. do anything about it. I, I look at it as a positive, and then I, I also have a negative on it as well. But I think positively, Doug Peterson to Trevor Lawrence and Brian Dable to Daniel Jones, and yeah. like these coaches were able to 
obviously what's going on in San Francisco, like these coaches are able to make up for it. But I think the, the negative is, is that you have to have one or the other. You either have to have great coaching. Daniel Jones played really well. You either have to have great coaching or you have to have great talent. But if you, the Patriots right now, I feel like have neither. And that's not a good place to be. And now if they fix offensive coordinator, maybe they can get back to that level of a Dable with Daniel Jones type of path. But you can't be a team with neither, but you can be a team with one or the other, and you can still win playoff games with great coaching or great players. And I think that this weekend you saw that all across the league, and then you also saw coaches blow games for their teams. Mm -hmm. I I think that I'm a big Mike McDaniel guy. I loved him all season long. What he did on – against the buff the bills on fourth down and he can't get the play in and they have all sorts of procedural issues they're burning timeouts in the fourth quarter because they can't get plays in and things like that that's that's terrible i, I mean, mean it's terrible the coaching too. the ravens too i'm like you literally had a chance in the final two minutes to make this game something different than what it was and i just felt like they didn't know what they were doing like, why are you still huddling up the clock is rolling oh, that's, what are you that, doing that's what they wanted to do yeah they, they wanted just, to score in the last second Ugh. right it was but, a i think a gross miscalculation yeah. especially for the ravens a team that wants to run the ball yeah by letting the clock run you're basically taking the run away from you like you can't ask tyler huntley yes to throw eight passes in the last minute and 20 seconds of the game right. it's not what he does so I think by not taking those timeouts, no, but that's exactly what they – they weren't confused. Unlike Miami, mm-hmm. right. they weren't unprepared. I just think that they had a bad plan. Right. You have that. and I feel like that plan would have worked if, like, Lamar was in. But, like – That second half for Staley and the Chargers, I can't wow. believe he kept his job. I can't believe it. They I were, told you. I would have made him be like Tom Cruise in all the right moves. <laughs> Steph Georgievich, <laughs> you're not allowed to go back on the bus. You walk home from Walnut Heights. 27 he to he nothing. Been, he should have had to get his own – flight <laughs> you run the ball nine times in the second half of 27 to nothing yeah and your defense completely gets outplayed and you never you never adjust defensively that's supposed to be your side of the football i, I don't i just don't know i don't know what they see in in the coach i don't and that's such a great roster and such a great quarterback yeah. that if you just drop and if like if Sean Payton took that job, then then they they'd have a chance to win a Super Bowl. I think they'd have to find a way to get their personnel active. I mean, I, I know that's the common Same thing. Old is story it's with it's just them, right? it's a loaded roster. But when they play their games, they usually don't have a loaded roster. I mean, it's Josh Palmer and Keenan Allen, <laughs> yeah. and Austin Eckler. I mean, I think Gerald Everett is fine. He's okay. I mean, we talk about Carter too, right? I mean, he's like yeah, off the scrap heap. Yeah, I mean, th- that's like their third receiver in that game was DeAndre Carter. You know, uh, you know, in the secondary, they lose Mike Davis, and you know, and that was also a big injury. You know, one of their starting. So now you're out. your two starting corners. I, I don't. I think they're good. I have a concern. I love Justin Herbert, I, and I've said this a million times. Same. I love, love, love his skill. I just don't know if he's got that loser thing in him that he can't get knocked out. There's no way that any quarterback should have lost that game. I don't care if you run eight plays, eight runs, 25 runs. Like All you need to do is get like two first downs and the game is over, and they couldn't do it. That's why I think that the right and that they're going to hire an offensive coordinator. Maybe it's Frank Reich is what the rumor, like. and maybe he gets it out of him. But I think that he's the type of guy that you need to have the right coach to pair with to get that killer instinct out of him. Because this year he was thirty first in the league in air yards. He's got one of the best arms in the league, and they're dinking and dunking down the field. And if you don't 
coach it in him to be more aggressive then then he clearly is is cool with that right of just throwing five yard passes they they got josh allen and he's playing like alex smith like that you just can't have that yeah i think part of that was with all the the injuries that they had uh, both in the receiving court because they were without allen and williams for a, a large chunk of the year uh and then rashawn slater goes down like they got to find a way because they're going to waste a window because they are good enough to be a you know a, a second weekend playoff uh, team. And both Minimum. sides, AFC, NFC. Forget about the two teams that had buys. Who were the two strongest teams that came out of this weekend? Who San, San Francisco? The sure. wagon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, San Francisco. Even with great. Purdy, you, you, uh, you believe in? Yeah, Forty Nineers. Yeah, I believe in Kyle and that. In the he playmaker. was really shaky early in that game, but then he settled down and he was fine after. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, w- I wish I could say the Bills or the the, the Bengals, no. but. You know, I don't think that they played as well as you, you thought they were going to play. Yeah, I think the Bengals think, have some issues up front. Yeah. yeah, I think the Bills, like, for the past two weeks, what, six turnovers? I might be missing one. But they're lucky they've played two bad teams in a row. Because if hey. they didn't – I'm sorry, sorry. Miami's if they not didn't, bad. <laughs> Miami with Tua is not bad. But <laughs> I, I think that if they played somebody else the past two weeks, they wouldn't have won. Yeah. They got lucky. You might be if right. If they come out with three turnovers again – Unless, unless they're not going to win. Unless they're suffering from playing down to their competition. That film for Josh Allen is brutal. It's bad. I just yeah. think they look exhausted. Yeah. He just has taken yeah. vertical shots with guys underneath the defense just wide open, and they're just baiting him into into go balls on the outside, and he's just, sure, like, yeah. well, let's do this, and I'm going to hit 30% of them. Like, so you know how horrible. good they are? Everything that everybody is saying is exactly true. 500-plus yards of offense and 34 points. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, they that's how good they are. They mm-hmm. can play like utter crap and still do that. Right. And they did play like crap. Yeah. Make no mistake. I think but. it's a big difference with Dable and, and Dorsey, right? Because Dable was able to get him to be more efficient. Mm. And that's how they tore up the Patriots last year was that he was willing to take the profits underneath the defense and dink and dunk a little bit and not have to go for the home run on every single play. Against the, Miami, against the Dolphins, he was back to just – I'm just going to make a 50-yard bomb happen on yeah, every even play. even the second game. Like, the first game against the Patriots, I thought they largely stayed with what Dable did. It was a lot of dumps over yeah. the middle to, like, check, Singletary. Check down check right downs to yep. even uh, shorter throws to Diggs, um, you know, and, and that worked. And then the second game, the one in Buffalo in the last game of the season, I thought it was a little bit more what Evan's talking about. And, mm-hmm. you know, he hit him, you know, yeah. so that, you know, those are the two back-breaking touchdowns in the fourth quarter. But, I mean, let's face it. I don't care how good you are. Those aren't always the high percentage plays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, for me at least, we had the disappointing game last night uh, with Brady. I called that. Is that his last game? With them, yes. No, <laughs> no in the NFL. No. I, I don't think so. No. I don't think so either. I think it should be. I think, I think it should I think be. So. Agreed. Should yeah. be too. But he's not going to – you know, now that he's divorced. <laughs> no, I'm serious. He's got nothing to keep him. Before the season, I said this would be his last year, and I think if – he was still married. It would be, but now I mean, single what Brady, one year in Vegas, uh, playing for the Raiders. That sounds like that. that what, what does that sound like? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I that, that, single, he'd live in a hotel. I don't think right? single just, Brady would have a Elvis, tough time in like Oklahoma City. I, but still, no, the but options are a lot. I, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. Him going to Vegas, going with Josh McDaniels, yeah. all those tools Devontae that are already Adams. there. Yeah. Um, Doing a residency. Well, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. I think I think it makes you know, like before, everyone was saying, "Oh, 49ers, but. Are they going to stick with like? Let's say mm. this guy makes a run. I know. Let's also Evan, not forget about Trey Lance. Go, oh, yeah. Well, go get Purdy because I heard Evan doing a whole thing this morning with Chris about about Purdy and and it's and ridiculous. Zappy and. You, know, you think they the same? <laughs> it's the it's ridiculous. <laughs> he does. He thinks. Okay, it. so <laughs> Purdy, fifty percent of his throws were off play action. 
70 something percent of his yards were yak right like he throws a 10 yard crosser to Debo Samuel and he takes it 75 yards to the house <laughs> well, wait, no. whoa 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 the <laughs> one for one yeah, I don't think throw. I, I gotta be honest with you and I'm not talking <laughs> about all of Purdy's games I don't think Purdy played all that well <laughs> yeah, on Saturday. I watched that whole game well, and he was shaking when a quarterback's receivers have a lot of yak is that also an indication that he's very accurate, no, hitting a, him in stride. It was two unbelievable blocks, one by Kittle and one by Ayuk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, sent a text, <laughs> Ayuk. I sent a text to Mike. I go, yeah. Ayuk is even a better blocker than the, the, the 49ers, <laughs> they, they, they hit three shot plays in that game on the same concept. They ran the same play three times, and Seattle was in cover three all three Against times. Against a very bad defense, And got too. beat all three times. Like, I'm sorry. I think that he's got some skill. He's clearly doing enough to not get in the way of that offense. But we don't need to give every quarterback that the moment isn't too big for him. We don't have to get – like, that's the bottom line. Like, that's the baseline of it. And we, we, we crash these guys but There's instantly. some underlying but, uh, sure, the jury's remnants still out. from the Green Bay game. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> the, the, oh, the moment's not too big for him. Cool. But, but, but hold on. The jury's still out. But if he does make a run, he'll have done it against the best teams in his conference. And I think that means no, but, something. But, 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 but is it him or is it McCaffrey? Correct. The is team it is, the team like, is extremely talented. Yes. Oh, it's unbelievably so loaded. loaded. And Kyle Shanahan's the best offensive coach in the league. Besides maybe Andy Reid. But I'm going to give it right now to Kyle Shanahan. And he is making throws that, that Mac, that Zappy, that, you know, Skylar Thompson could, could, could make. Speaking uh, of which, the moment wasn't too big for Skylar Thompson either. <laughs> but we don't talk about that because he lost, <laughs> right? Too big. Uh, but the moment he didn't was too play big. that bad. I mean, I know the numbers are terrible, but I don't think he got any help. Yeah. It's just this argument of, of poise. Like, oh, he was poised. Well, when there's when he's got a pocket and he's got receivers that are open, and then the receivers yeah. take the ball and do things with it, like it's probably pretty easy to look poised. Like, do you, but do you think that there's anything to take that other NFL teams are taking from this? And I know that the 49ers are completely unique in the fact that they have Kyle Shanahan, who everyone respects as a coordinator. You've got Trent Williams, you've got Debo, you Kittle. I mean, go right around. But do you think that this says anything to NFL teams that are like? It's so hard to find the one quarterback. Do we do we just put everything into the weapons? So that's what I would argue. Just get a I think that to me, and I've heard this a lot. What's that's the easier? Barth argument. What's okay. easier, finding the quarterback or building the rot? Like, I'm both sorry, pretty hard, right? It's <laughs> really hard to build a roster <laughs> yeah. as talented as the Niners are yeah. right mm-hmm. now, and they've lost a number of guys on the defensive side of the ball, and it doesn't matter because they're just so good, and. Yeah, you can. I've said this a million times. If I have all of those things, yeah, I'm fine with Mac Jones. Yep. Mac Jones would be fine in San Francisco. He'd be Brock Purdy. Because they're they're rock solid everywhere. Yeah. And I don't think that's easy to do. No. Mm -mm. I also think that maybe even arguably just as hard as Kyle Shanahan. Because that guy can really coach. Yeah. And so do, you have to have both. It's You have to have a talented roster around the quarterback, and you have to have a guy that can that can scheme it up like Kyle Shanahan does. Yeah. So I, I don't know. And I mean, plus it felt like they went over the hard. top with McCaffrey, where it's like they are just all in on this plan of getting as many elite weapons as they can. Um, but I, yeah, I love Paul's point. I mean, it's just it's it's hard to find yeah, just the I, Trent Williams. <laughs> you know, like, I just take that one piece of it. They have a really good offensive line. They have a really good defense. They have really good skill guys. They have a really good running game. I mean, yeah, if I have everything at a really high level, I don't probably have to have the best quarterback. No, and that's yeah. what was with Mac Jones in Alabama. He had everything yeah. perfect. He had great wide receivers, great offensive line, great coach. Like everything was handed to him. Yeah, run it back. Yeah. All right, um, we're going to take a break um, here in uh, Patriots Unfiltered. we got a lot of calls and emails, and we'll get to them right after this. Verizon. 
the network America relies on, and the official 5G network of the New England Patriots. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Olympia Sports, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grillin' Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar, watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe, or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ooklove Speed Test Intelligence data Q2 2020. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes, Oh no! Replacements were shipped with FedEx. And with picture proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning, and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great, but it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith, a belief in what you're striving toward, and a willingness to make the commitment, day in and day out, to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Patriots fans, you'll want to check out the replay on this one. Pat the Patriot is stealing the show tonight with his Bank of America mobile banking app. That's right, folks. So here we see Pat cheering and then whammo. Is that Bank of America life plan? Looks like he's saving up for some big future moves. Planning the next vacay, huh, big guy? And wait, now he's paying back his buddy for concessions using Zelle? No penalty there. Incredible. No way. As if that double move wasn't impressive enough, now he's beefing up his account defense with security meter? 
Holy cannoli, what a performance! Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Patriot fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash banking. You must be enrolled in online banking or download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Member FDIC. Want to get into the game? Get coached up at Dean College. Equipped with exclusive academic partnerships featuring the Patriots, Revolution, Providence Bruins, Summer Baseball, and more, our classrooms are set up for success by learning directly from the pros. Dean College has programs in communications, sports management, business, and marketing with unprecedented hands-on experiences. Our students take what they learn in the classroom and put it right to work in the marketplace. At Dean College, our students don't just play games, we run them. Visit us at dean.edu. Verizon, the network America relies on, and the official 5G network of the New England Patriots. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Olympia Sports, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar, watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe, or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla's speed test intelligence data Q2 2020. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes, oh no! Replacements were shipped with FedEx, and with picture proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next for residential delivery only. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great, but it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith, a belief in what you're striving toward, and a willingness to make the commitment, day in and day out, to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, 
and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Patriots fans, you'll want to check out the replay on this one. Pat the Patriot is stealing the show tonight with his Bank of America mobile banking app. That's right, folks. So here we see Pat cheering and then whammo. Is that Bank of America life plan? Looks like he's saving up for some big future moves. Planning the next vacay, huh, big guy? And wait, now he's paying back his buddy for concessions using Zelle? No penalty there. Incredible. No way. As if that double move wasn't impressive enough, now he's beefing up his account defense with security meter? Holy cannoli, what a performance. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Patriot fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash banking. You must be enrolled in online banking or download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Member FDIC. And now, great moments in history. You're not really. That's like Paul, you know, slamming down the D'Angelo sub (laughs) because he didn't like the, you know. It didn't happen. It's it's all performative. (laughs) It's performative. Yeah. It didn't good. happen. It happened. It's quality turkey right there. <laughs> it was it was so funny. I mean, he says it doesn't happen. It happened. I, oh no no, that didn't. Ha- I didn't slam a. First of all, I wouldn't do that. We were all sitting at the table. I dude. wouldn't do that. He to comes food. walking up because we're waiting for the food to be served. You know, he comes walking up, <clears throat> sits down, and just puts the puts the sandwich in the middle of the table. If if he wants just to say that I walked yeah. through. The press box with attitude yeah. Yeah. Oh. to let everybody oh. know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 I, yeah. That's a, I would I absolutely I'd, I'd cop to that. Yeah. Did like, they put it down with? Vigor and then when you sat no, down, no, what no, did no. you do? I just put the I put my sandwich right. down and sat down and ate it. I wouldn't do that. No. So you weren't trying to make no. a statement. You didn't no. Just, he, no, 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 no. No. Didn't necessarily <laughs> say I wasn't making a statement. <laughs> he put it right in the middle. Of I the had table. one too many pieces of chicken with a bone in it. He put right in the. It was. It was. And we all were pain. And everybody was pissed. But I was the only one that did anything about it. And we were cracking up. Like like we were all laughing because we knew what he was doing. It's like I've had it. I I literally I literally went to the line, turned and said I can't do this again. I'm going I'm going to D'Angelo's. And I went to get a sub yeah. and I was back no. in ten minutes and they would die they, Fred's right, they would die and laugh. That might be me on steak tips next week. That's another great moment from All right, back here on Patriots Unfiltered, eight five five past five hundred is the ace ticket hotline web radio at Patriots.com. Continuing our discussion with the weekends happenings around the NFL, the Patriots uh, release Thursday night and what will happen going forward. Uh, let's go to the phones. People patiently waiting there. Jonas is in Kingston. What's up, Jonas? Hey, Fred. Hey. I want to thank you guys for for all the stuff this year. Um, it's been fantastic. Thank you. Um, adding Evan, um, great, great addition, you know, um, Thank you. Yeah, no, it, it, it's been really good, um, really helpful, um, fans. Uh, uh, sorry if I sound a little grim. Uh, my 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 father in law died last week. Oh, geez, sorry about that. 
No, no, that's fine. Um, but uh, what I wanted to express to you guys was uh, <laughs> it's very funny. Today, newspaper article around his death. Um, somebody who uh, employed him after his major career described him as the Tom Brady of of his whatever you know you know career. Okay, um, which would have made my father-in-law very uh, would have made him would have made him very uh, happy or, or whatever. Um, because my father-in-law hated Tom Brady. Oh, oh. Cool story, Hansel. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. He hated yeah, Brady as yeah. a Patriots fan? Or he hated that he left? He's no, like Deuce. No, he, you know, he hated Tom Brady. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, he's like me. Just don't like Deuce. Just don't yeah. care for him. Sick of 12 Yeah, can't I can't uh, handle it, Evan. Can't have another one. Well, we, Jonas, we, appreciate, um, we appreciate you appreciating us. So... Oh, no, no, no. Again, you guys have done a great job this year. The, the last two or three years, this has been a tough time. <laughs> Fred and I have been doing it. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, your first 20 years. Last two or three. Years, last right? two or three thank, we're thanks for the call. About Appreciate 2019, it. things seem to really pick let's, up. Let's go to Rashad <laughs> in Baltimore. What's up, Rashad? Hey, what's up? What's up? Hey. Uh, uh, Rashad. I got... I got a few things about the about the, the playoffs, but I got I got a question for Evan about about the draft. But my 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 take on the the playoffs this weekend, the Forty ers I feel like they system just is is easier for any quarterback. Like if you put Mac Jones in that system, he would do good, if not better than Purdy. And uh, the the, the Jaguars the game, I'm I'm with Fred on that. Like. I knew the Chargers were going to choke because that's what they've done all my life. Pretty much they've always, you know, been let their fans down. So I knew in some way they the Jaguars were going to come back. And my thing of, okay, Evan, my question for you is. Yes, sir. Um, all right. So the Patriots at pick 14. Let's say they go with best player available. All right. So you have Paris Johnson. You have Nolan Smith and you have uh, Jordan Addison. Who who would you take? And the one thing I will say about the draft, I don't like that the Jets are literally one spot ahead of us. Yeah, I don't like that either. Where I'm at with with the draft now that I'm starting to really get into it is I'm ready to be hurt again, Deuce. Like I'm ready for them to pick Cole Strange 2.0 and break my heart. <laughs> so I, I, I think all the name brands that we throw out there at 14 is not going to end up being who the guy is. And uh, But out of to answer your question, I think a lot of it depends on what they do in free agency because I, I think that there's a good chance that looking at this free agent market and the fact that they're going to have some money to spend, that they might throw some money at tackle, which might take that off the board in the first round. So I, I don't know where they're going um, with that position. But they might go that way. I, I like Paris Johnson. I like Broderick Jones from Georgia. Both those guys can play. The, the tackle from Northwestern, I think, is a good prospect as well. Skoronsky. Yeah, I, I think all those guys are, are, are first-round tackles. I'm sorry. Do, do you think as a free agent tackle, do you think uh, Michael Michael McGlinchey, I think that's his name, do you think yeah. that's, that's a good uh, target? 
Yeah, I, I just think McGlinchey, if just looking at their track record of, yeah, of who the guys that they spend money on in, in free agency, he reminds me a lot of Stephon Gilmore in that they couldn't get him in the draft because he went ninth overall in the draft that he was picked in. So uh, maybe a guy that they graded really highly coming out of Notre Dame, but they didn't ever have a chance to pick him. Now he's a UFA. They're able to get their hands on him, and, and they pay him a contract because they think that here he's going to be even better than he was in an outside zone system in San Francisco. So I, I love that idea because I think you pay him and then right tackle set. Like you got a right tackle and you just you go from there Thanks at that for point. Sean. But yeah, I like Jordan Addison too uh, from USC, the receiver. Uh, more of that separation, quickness, route running, yeah. and not like a Quentin Johnston from TCU who's who's like a, a big bodied guy. So I, I like Addison a Mark lot. Mark writes in, uh, he's from Everett. Oh, okay. Uh, he's guys. writing at web radio at pages.com. He says, I got my Frary first alert the other day. There you go. Uh, whip, whip. All I could picture was you three guys throwing on your Patriot blue flashing light on your hoods, <laughs> Fred blowing red lights, Mike whipping around rotaries, and <laughs> Paul throwing down his chicken cutlet sub from <laughs> the Plossies saying, De Blasies. <laughs> saying, I got to go. There's, there's been an alert. Uh, good chicken punch. Uh, good job, Mark. Uh, that's what makes you guys the original broadcast and number one. Keep up the great work well, yep. so oh, you can get those was, uh notices when we have alerts and i i got a feeling we'll have a few more you years, go to com slash audio slash alerts and you'll be notified whenever we have an emergency yeah. podcast so do you think if if we get word that they interviewed a candidate on like a wednesday emergency podcast or no uh just the in that they just interviewed somebody no i agree yeah no have to be higher. I mean, that like. hopefully we'll get word of it and we'll put it out there as a report and all that stuff so you'll know about it on pages.com. But I don't think that rises to the level. I, of I was waiting for yeah. Paul to say, we need to have a Wednesday show. Yeah. Uh, I think we should have a Wednesday show. Well, I mean, <laughs> say, Fred, I don't know, on a Wednesday, <laughs> middle of the day. Fred Heis helps me two, all the maybe. time. I, I would rather have it, you know, 12 to 2. But <laughs> every day. He doesn't want to do it. I, he's the boss. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you just have to, you know. Let Matt Patricia yeah, make the play just call. Not talk, just not talk for two hours <laughs> on Wednesdays. <laughs> and then thank him afterwards. <laughs> uh, ben in Liverpool thank says, me. pretty simple question. Was or has Joe Judge been giving enough blame for how the team performed this year? All the attention seemed to go to Mac and more so on Patricia. Dare I say it even Bill. But Joe Judge, who has no time for Christmas, seemed to skate along until the end of the season. With hindsight, looking at how well the Giants and Daniel Jones have done this year, was the bigger mistake hiring Joe Judge as QB coach or Patricia as OC? Patricia With all due respect to Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Patricia. I, don't, I mean. I don't like either one of them, but there's only one guy that was calling the plays. Yeah. I, right? I, the quarterback's just, coach. Just like, throw them all in the blame right. pie. Like, I don't yeah. think it matters how much we divvy up to each guy, to be honest with you. But if you, let's play, though. If you were to divvy it up and you would say, that's a quarterback coach issue. Like, what would be an example of something that's a quarterback coach well, issue? Here's, you know, usually a, a strong OC is also the quarterback's coach, mm -hmm. you know, real. So this is, you know, I'm not saying rare, but, you know, it's not typical. So if you had a really good quarterback's coach and you saw the OC not calling good plays, would that quarterback coach be more at odds with the OC to say, hey, you're screwing up the quarterback here? Mm -hmm. And did that happen? Did that maybe? I don't know. You know, like. I think they were united against Mac. Well, so so then, yeah. So I, I mean, yeah. I would look at it more if if I thought that Mac Jones was showing signs of get, getting really sloppy, like his mechanics were all out of whack, and yeah. he's doing. You know, I would say, wow. You know, is 
He's a quarterback coach, tightening some of these things up. He's Pocket really, awareness. Yeah, he's loose with the ball. Like I, I don't really think he's been – I don't think there was a huge difference in that regard to me from last year to this year. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm overlooking it. But to me, it was more about the play designs and the offense itself. And, I, and yeah. Judge deserves blame for that too. Yeah. But I think Patricia gets the, the lion's share because he called the plays. And Bill gets – you know, Bill said it at the beginning of the year. Yeah. If it doesn't work, blame me. Uh, Dan writes in, uh, Bill O'Brien is the top candidate for OC, as everyone knows. Say that he gets hired, and we don't make a lot of moves on offense in the offseason. Do you believe he and Mac can get more out of the current offense or are roster moves necessary to take this team to the next level, even with an actual OC? Yeah. you gotta. I mean, you got to – you got to add some adding. personnel. I would say yes and yes. I think he would get more out of the current, but you need more. But I think it's kind of consensus. They need that number one receiver. Would you need go tackles. after yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, considering that there yes. is hint, hint. I'm lukewarm that on that idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of coming down on DeAndre oh, Hopkins. No, what happened? Okay. He's 31 years old. Mm. You know, I, I just – he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. I just – who else is but available? It, the age Steroid. worries me. But I would say this. Steroid this situation. Is, I, and I, I totally get that thought. My my feeling right now is like I'm just looking at tackle, wide receiver, cornerback. Like those are the positions I'm only really concerned about mm-hmm. with this Patriots team right now. And of those, if you had to sign a 30-something, you know, 30, 31, 32-year-old free agent, which <coughs> position would you choose? You know, like, like that's the only thing that's appealing to Hopkins. I feel like he can still play at that level. I'd rather draft a tackle. I, pr- I think they're pretty good at developing corners. I just look at this free agency class, though, and I just it doesn't really seem all that exciting. It doesn't yeah. really seem like there's a lot, know. a lot. To I think that's on. a good question. I think I would rather have a 31 year old tackle than a 31 yeah. year old wide receiver. I, I don't even think it's though. necessarily that I'm worried about his play like falling off a cliff this year or something like that. It's just how do you grow with a young quarterback and a 31 year old receiver? Like to me, the ideal scenario is that you pair Mac Jones with somebody like. T. Higgins, who's 24, and you grow together, right? And, and you build together, and now all of a sudden you have a quarterback-wide receiver tandem for the next five years instead of just talking yeah. about it for one year. And that's where I'm sort of coming off Hopkins a little bit is just because I – is that a two-year window with Hopkins? Like how much or how, – how long is he really going to be here for? But if you only maybe have a two-year window with Mac, or at very least you want to see next year Mac with a, a direct route to an elite receiver – like, I'm totally with you on Higgins. Like, I think that's like, you know, especially if you believed in Mac long term and you're like, let's get him locked up for four or five years now. We'll get Mac on the second and they'll be together for a while. But I also just wonder of a certain this season, let's find out what Mac has. Let's let's actually give him a guy so that mm-hmm. there isn't like, well, he didn't really have a guy, which also I saw Devonte Parker had like a tweet like I am that guy like somebody was like we just gotta get Mac we gotta get Mac that guy I mean I do think he had a strong I just thought it was a funny funny little I'm I'm with you like I'm not gonna say no to DeAndre Hopkins don't get me wrong but I just think that and I would also say that you know looking just at the free agency pool you gotta look at the guys that are gonna be free agents next year also because those guys are the ones that get traded so that's you that's know, why I have T Higgins on the right. Radar. So yeah. like that's like what happened with AJ yeah. Brown or what happened with Tyreek Hill. Like those guys are get traded in there the year before they're going to hit the open market. And I I just look at all those situations. You know AJ Brown, Stephon Diggs. Like that was the perfect timing of our quarterback is ascending and we want to pair him with somebody that is 
a number one bona fide stud wide receiver that's also going to be able to hit his prime or hit a, a, a good part of his career at the same time as the quarterback. Otherwise, you feel like you're you're shrinking your window. Like with Hopkins, I think it becomes a two year thing. But what if Mac is only a two year thing? But you still would benefit from having. Like whoever the next quarterback is would benefit from having T. Higgins. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Right. Dylan in Nashville. All I can picture when Fred questions what Gerard actually does is the scene in office space where Tom Smikowski keeps telling the consultants that he has people skills. (laughs) Uh, Looking forward to some off-season slot soap (laughs) talk. He does. What would you say it is you do here? Uh, Dave writes in. He says, Fred, you ignored my email last week. Mm-hmm. How Ooh, dare you? All. Uh, Tamara, there are able and willing agents trying to get teams to hire their clients. There are lists out there. Talk to the agents about their hot coaches. He's talking about the Rooney rule. Mm. Okay. All right. Well, that's why they report the interviews. So that they get their name. The agents get the names of the coaches out there. Then you get to know these guys that are candidates even if they're not really a real candidate. How about the dude from the Cowboys missing his first four extra points last night? <laughs> you Man, believe that guy? That's unbelievable. Can I, can I have a, like, a little minor nit to pick, too, with, with regard to the coverage of these games? Like, so he missed the first. Like, there was no drama in that game. Like, that game was over. I don't know how you felt. Like, I don't know yeah. if you. I, like, I, 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 think, I, didn't, I didn't even watch the second At half. one point, I think <laughs> they said, I think Joe Buck said, uh, or Aikman, I think might have been Aikman said, you know, you know, anybody else playing quarterback for the other team and people would probably have tuned out, but you can't yeah. with him. You know, I, and he, I, but, I did. But I did. Like, it was over. So they score a fifth touchdown, and they kind of miss the extra point. Like, I don't know how, as ESPN, there's nothing else of any interest in this game. Right? It's a blowout. The yeah. game's over. Is he going to miss five? I'm like, I want to see it, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like a car crash. You can't yeah. look away. And they didn't. They kind of missed it. it. They should have hyped it. They kind of missed the last extra point, the one he made. Yeah. Speaking of coverage, uh, Al Michaels and Tony Dungy got panned. Wow. Horrible. For, for their game. Yeah. It, it, and they didn't do it. They, I didn't they, really It was notice. lifeless. It was lifeless. Well, Dungy is kind of lifeless. Yeah. Al Michaels is... A snore. Wait, yeah. what did they do? Because I did I just, not see this. They, oh, just, they didn't terrible. bring the proper energy yeah. well, during I mean, the comeback. They, yeah. It was a twenty-seven to nothing comeback, and you would have thought that it was. I just it didn't was notice. Week five. I, yeah. I really didn't notice didn't until notice? I went on, until I went on Twitter. Oh, I noticed. I'm, I the, think only, it was, I'm the only uh, person on the planet that didn't notice. I think on Beetle and Zoe yesterday, they were just replaying the like last segment <laughs> of the the like the last play of the game, and and it was completely like you'd have no idea. That they that they oh and there there's a flag though that maybe all right it looks like it's over like it just completely fizzled out at the end now they're yeah. all like wow what a comeback or anything like that it's time for Al Michaels to hang it up I think so legend just like Brady yeah. legend Hall of Famer in his in his profession he's 78 years old yeah like yeah. At, at some point like you bring in the energy at 80 years old is just and and now I guess the de facto best analyst in the business is Greg Olson oh I thought uh, he yeah. was pretty good he's, he's all right. I don't know about best in the business. That's what I they're saying. Because I don't pay attention enough I to what either. these guys say. But I, I did. You know that that was the Giants game, right? Giants Vikings. He did. Yeah. I thought he. I thought he He's was good. on it. He is. Good. I thought he was pretty good. That was the only game I didn't catch. I think the the my favorite booths are the ones where I think a couple of weeks ago they had Riddick and Orlovsky in the booth. So then you get the quarterback perspective and then you get the DB perspective too. And they kind of go back and forth about the chess matches and the cat and mouse games and stuff like that. I love those types of booths Cause you get, you really under, get in the head of like, okay, well the safety's reading this and the quarterback's reading that and get to understand what's going on. 
Um, Alex and Raleigh, with the Patriots announcing they're looking for an OC and the talks of moving to a Shanahan-type offense, do you think it would be smart to also find an O-line coach? Um, yeah, they're are are there talks way. about moving to a Shanahan offense? Well, there was last year. There was last year. But I don't know they what were. they're going to do. I don't know who they're going to hire. But uh, they need an offensive line coach. Either way. Yeah. I mean, unless Patricia's going to stay the offensive line coach, I don't know <laughs> that that's going to happen. But no. They need they need one. Thank him. Send him do on his way up. Does anyone think that they're going to get a new special teams coach or no? <coughs> I do. I do think Joe Judge backed into that position. I mean, I, I think that was some of the specula- speculation with, with Zoe. I mean, I think that would be I just don't know. If you're Cam McCord, what what, what are you doing, right? I, I, I understand that maybe he doesn't have a ton of options at the end of the day, but – is he a full special teams guy through and through forever? Yeah, and yeah. I, I just and they also have Joe Houston on staff, yeah. who's the, the assistant special teams coach. So then Cam McCord becomes the assistant, and Joe Houston becomes the assistant to the assistant. Like everybody, I, I, I everybody just, gets demoted, right? I'm just not. I, I agree that that's a, a problem area yeah. of the team, but I just don't know how you move Judge back to special teams and then Cam McCord's still in the building. Like yeah. I, I don't know how that dynamic. Like how could works. he be the assistant? I agree with you on that. It's like remedial because that's what Zoe had. Yeah, you know Joe Judge special teams, and then Cam McCord assistant special teams. Like, so he's going to take a demotion. I mean, I guess you do it because what other options do you have? I mean, no one's hiring him. Mm. Uh, Sean writes in. I'm mostly joking, but I wonder what you guys think about TB12 coming back here. Uh, yeah, over my dead body. <laughs> <laughs> Deuce, would be so upset. It's a no. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. It's a no. I mean, I mean, I would take him, but I don't think that like has for any, what? I don't think there's any to chance. play or like a one day retirement ceremony. He signed sign that football. Oh, no, I'm talking about playing. He signed that football for Logan Ryan. He said that's the last pass as a uh, Patriot. Yeah, so. I just from a football perspective, I don't get it from either party. This team is not a 46 year old Tom Brady away from winning a Super Bowl. And for the Patriots, then you're just right back in the position that you were in 2020 when he decides to retire. So right. I, I just. I, I yeah. don't understand it from either perspective why that would make any sense. Nope. Uh, Yemi in Texas, uh, this is mostly for Evan, it sounds like. Uh-oh. Why are you guys reluctant to give Brock Purdy credit? <laughs> He's what Mac Jones was sold as. Unlike Mac, Purdy was a four-year starter in college and played with inferior talent every week. I think that has helped him adjust to the NFL where he has a better team around him. Mm. Signed, Mrs. Purdy. <laughs> I, I just... <laughs> what, what am I supposed to say to that? They, like, okay, if we put – take how many quarterbacks in the league in that offense do well against that defense on Sunday, See, now, on Saturday? That's one I definitely would have pushed back on before Purdy <laughs> because every other quarterback who's played for Shanahan other than Jimmy loses. This guy's 6-0 and or whatever it is. He's got that yeah. something. I, but wins and losses is not even about that, though, right? Like it's they play. I, I kind of think it is a little bit about that. <laughs> I don't know. That's, I'm not a wins is losses as a quarterback stat guy. But you have the like Jimmy Garoppolo was third in the league this year in EPA when he was in there. They had a top five offense with Jimmy too. So that it, it, I don't really think it matters who plays quarterback for him. I think Trey Lance could play quarterback for him next week, and they put up thirty points. But uh, when he did play quarterback, they didn't do that. That's that's what I'm saying. Is he was the but, quarterback? But they've had Jimmy an individual and they've had game. Brock Purdy. Jimmy's, Jimmy's record it, with San Francisco was ridiculous. Right, they've been a machine regardless of if it's Purdy or if it's Jimmy. Right, but but there's been a lot of other guys that it hasn't been a machine, like the Nick Mullins and the C.J. Beathards of the world. I, I mean, guess. I mean, C.J. Beathard had a better track record coming out of college than Brock Purdy did. Did he also have Christian McCaffrey and 
and he Debo didn't have Sam Ma- Hill he didn't Kittle have McCaffrey, but he had those other guys. Sure, I, I just I think that this Niners run would have been exactly the same with Anybody? thirty other quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not ready to say that. Uh, did you know that Monty Austin Ford is the new GM of the Cardinals? Yes, yeah. actually, somebody said it already today in this. Sh- Show. I think Evan mentioned it. I missed yeah, it. Yeah, he. Uh, Old Bill friend. We, we talked about Billy O'Brien yeah. has a really. I, th- you said that, didn't you, Evan? Was that off air? Yeah. yeah. Oh, going to uh, Arizona. Yeah, Billy yeah. O'Brien has, I guess, a little bit of a relationship with Austin Ford, as does uh, Brian Flores. So both of those guys, I think, could be in the mix to Monty. Yeah, he's be on the staff in some capacity in Arizona. Yeah, nice things to say, Crafts and, and Belichick. A couple quotes from him. So. Yeah. Uh, ben writes in from Brooklyn, two things that flew under the radar on special teams were the Cody Davis injury and the Justin Bethel departure from Miami. Any chance they re-signed the latter? Justin Bethel. I hope not. I felt like Schooler. Didn't they get rid of Bethel after it felt like Schooler was kind of coming on? Yeah. The Bethel Cody Davis one's really interesting. Do you want to throw another one in there? Schooler didn't play in the last game. They gave two kickoff returns. I, yeah. What is that cliche about cause? Cause and effect? No. No. Nah, like. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Uh, Innovation correlation. One of those. One of those. Uh, Between that. CTE. Between that, punter and kickoff deficiencies, perhaps Bill was onto something with those big splash signings in prior years of special teamers on the first day of free agency. Yeah, I mean, it's, again, this just goes back to, like, things that you came to believe about the Patriots. And, you know, that's, and that's, like, and it also goes to the point I said earlier of, like, Offensive tackle, wide receiver, cornerback. Like, those are the positions to think about and focus on. We don't need a fourth rounder who might play special teams. Like, you know, like, I know they did bad last year. I'm fine to just let them develop and see what happens, bring Joe Judge back, and let it take care of itself. Uh, Jack and Ann Abba writes in, uh, is Mac Jones a championship caliber quarterback? If he is, then the Patriots should proceed to build a championship roster around him. If he isn't, then the Patriots' highest priority should be to acquire a quarterback who has the potential to become a championship-caliber quarterback. If the Patriots don't know whether Mack is a championship-caliber quarterback, how are they going to find out? What do you think? I think they need to build the roster regardless. Like I think it was to Paul's point about T. Higgins, whether it's Mack or it's it's Lamar Jackson, like you need the players around the quarterback either way. So. I don't think it, it's kind of a chicken or the egg thing, like I mean, right. It doesn't really matter which one. Well, and he won a national championship. Does that count? Does, he, no. does that make him a championship no. quarterback? If you won a no. championship, no, because he's no, had this isn't Carmelo Anthony. Level. No, go get Josh Heupel no. next. <laughs> no, uh, L at Wisconsin. Uh, two things. First, I think that since it's a weak wide receiver class, you can book a wide receiver. And two. Do you have any names of fourth-round tackles? I want to know who we're taking at 14. Oh, God. It's oh. January. Oh. I, I disagree with the weak wide receiver comment. I don't think – I think he's being funny, but anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but I disagree anyways. Yeah. I, I, it's not it's not top-heavy like we've seen in years past, right? In years past when you have Waddle and all the – you know, Devontae Smith and CeeDee Lamb and like every wide receiver under the sun. Those are all from different classes. But my point is, is that you had all these wide receivers. But they had – this is a really strong – depth wide receiver class that I would say more resembles maybe like 2019 when you had I think Hollywood Brown was the highest wide receiver pick in that draft in like the 20s and the Patriots obviously took Nikhil Harry at 32 but then you also had A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel and Terry McLaurin and Hunter Renfro and all these guys go after that so D.K. Metcalf 
So I think that that's where the sweet spot for this wide receiver class is, is like day two, like the second and third round wide receivers. I think it's going to, there's going to be some players in that top 100 for sure. And final prediction, Gerard Mayo is the next head coach of the NEP. The report says a long-term deal, and I wouldn't exactly expect Bill at 71 to be the long-term coach. Just wonder how much of a – did they actually talk about these things? I mean, is this like, you know, was something dangled for him? You know, is Bill on board with that? Is this, a, you know, Kraft's kind of yeah. putting something Freddy, into place? Freddie's point. My, my yeah. thing I, I want to ask the panel, like, forgetting about what you think of Gerard Mayo as a coach – do you think it's a good thing to have the coach in waiting? Like, are you okay with and, that? Well, what's the precedent? Have we ever seen that before? Not, I'm not talking about here, but anywhere, like where the coach in waiting was on the team. Well, it, like it's Bill happened. Bill? Yeah, I was going to say it's <laughs> happened, but it never really comes to fruition. <laughs> right, right. Um, for, for different reasons. I'm trying to separate my personal feelings from this because, obviously, if Gerard May was the head coach here, it would be wonderful It'd be for great us. for us because we like him yeah, and we, get, you know, we have good relationships yeah. with him, and it would, be, it would be good for us. How do you know? Maybe he'd be worse than Bill when it comes to access. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's gonna like when they, turn, when it comes turn. to access, he might, but yeah. not when it comes to his interactions. Oh, the reason I why do. I don't like it has nothing to do with Bill. I, I don't like it because uh, how do we know Gerard May is the best guy for the job? Well, that, mm-hmm. that that's... Yeah basically what my question is That's like i'm opening it to the panel when we get two years down the line and let's say bill says i'm done i'm i'm retiring and they say oh well, we're going to hand the keys off to gerard mayo he's the coach in waiting but let's say someone else is available that is a better candidate then i don't know if i'm going to be too thrilled that they're just handing it to gerard mayo right. it's the example that i used this year of you know a lot of people would really just scoff at you if you even mentioned the mere possibility that Robert sat down with Bill Belichick and said, we're going to go in a different direction, Bill, after this season. <sighs> How can you do that? Well, because maybe there's a guy available that you didn't know was going to be available, i.e. Sean Payton. Now, I'm not telling you I'd rather have Sean Payton than Bill. I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But someone m- might rationally think that Sean Payton would be a better option. Maybe they're looking at the final eight coaches that are left in the playoffs right now, seeing that seven of them have an offensive background, and Bill's more of a defensive background. Says John Mayo. So is Gerard Mayo. Maybe you'd rather have Sean Payton as an offensive guy to sort of keep up with the Joneses. I don't yeah. think that's a like irrational thought. No. Uh, Juan in Mexico has a would you rather game. He says, this is my first game. If they suck, I apologize. <laughs> um, Love games. Would you rather Mac with Hopkins and Bill O'Brien or Lamar Jackson with Matt Patricia? <laughs> well, I know it's your first game. It's called conundrum. But let's make it an absolute impossibility <laughs> for Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins. That yeah. can't happen. Right, right. Um, it's a lot of layers to this question. Yeah, I would rather have Lamar Jackson. I, uh, I would. Yeah. And I know you guys wouldn't because no one likes Who's going to pay whoa, him, whoa. including Ravens? Who doesn't like whoa. Lamar Jackson? Wait, excuse me. I, said that. I like Lamar Jackson. I just don't know if I could picture him here. Just a very specific. Why? No, I'm not. Huh? I'm not saying that of, he's coming of the money? here. I'm saying I would rather have him here than Mac Jones because of the money. Tomorrow, you can't see him here. Um, I just for for many reasons, I just I couldn't see him here where's in he, the current. State. If the Ravens don't resign him, where's he going to go? 
So, so here's I mean, Patriots are one of the favorites in the betting world. Yeah, of this. they are the <laughs> betting favorite, which is <laughs> anybody, completely uh, irrational. I have a rant about this that yeah. I'm going to save. Yeah. But like, has anybody ever actually seen if Vegas is ever right about any of this? Because we all just assume, <laughs> oh, Vegas knows something, yeah, and they right. put they put those odds. But sure. for Lamar Jackson, this is the let me like map this out for people that want Lamar Jackson because I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's an awesome quarterback, awesome player. The Ravens are going to tag him. Okay, yeah. they're not going to lose him for nothing, so right. they're going to tag and trade him. Right. So now you're going to tag him. You're probably going to give up at least a first round pick for Lamar Jackson. Then you're going to pay Lamar Jackson forty five million dollars a year, and then you're going to overhaul your entire offensive system to fit Lamar Jackson. Exactly. Hmm. Like these are, it's just a lot. It's a lot. Now, if you had of a system in place that already is pointed in that direction as it is, then it, maybe it's not as much, but there's so few teams that have that scenario. Or if you're a team like the Jets where it's you just got to do it, right? So, so it, it makes sense for the Ravens to tag them because it's one year. You're going to pay them what? The tag now, $40 million or something like yeah. that. So you're going to pay them $40 million, so it's worth that um, to just pay them to play for one year, and you, you don't have the risk of a long-term contract. He's not playing on the tag. But – Okay, so that's the second thing. Will he play? No. He won't play on the tag. And I don't blame him because for his with his playing style, this is the contract that he has to maximize his value and get that guaranteed money because, as we saw this year, the knee blows out and, so, and he's So done. he'd rather sit out and not get paid than play? I think so. He might be right. I, I don't know. I mean, he did it this I, year. I think it's pretty <laughs> – I think the evidence is starting to stack up that he probably could have played yeah. mm-hmm. in the playoff game. Now, I think he made the right choice not playing. I, I you know, I, I could envision like a Robert Griffin exactly. situation happening when him. he goes out and plays a playoff game and then he does further damage and his career is never the same. But I, I like your point, Fred, about like if you're the Ravens, you can kind of afford to play a little bit of chicken with him because – Everything that Evan just mapped out, it's not as easy as, like, you have this great I, – I love Lamar Jackson. I am higher on Lamar Jackson than, than most people around here, for sure. Um, but that's really the only team that's kind of, like, done it for him. Right. So who else is going to give him $250 million guaranteed? Right. Right. And hire Greg Roman and build the offensive system that they, now, you need to build. I, th- I think Lamar's things. pride could be a factor. What I would wonder mm. is – big factor. Like, I wouldn't overhaul my system. I would I would roll the – now, it's a big gamble. But I would roll the dice and, and see if he could play more traditionally like Deshaun Watson does. Yeah, it's not like he's coming out of college. He, he's a better passer now than he was Absolutely. when he came out of college. And, so, and he so could still he, right. run. He could still yeah, make plays. Right. But I don't have to have – like. Gus Edwards and yeah. J.K. Dobbins in the backfield and Patrick try to just play Card. smash mouth Two all day. <laughs> you know, with a 300-pound defensive lineman as my fullback. Well, that's uh, – I don't have to have it that way. Yeah. The bang- I think it was Jesse Bates on the Bengals was like, well, we're going to play – we're not going to play the wing tee this week, you know, <laughs> about the, about <laughs> yeah. the Ravens. Uh, but I, I think the your point about Deshaun's interesting because if Bill O'Brien's the hire – and then Bill O'Brien runs the Deshaun Watson offense with Lamar Jackson. He played. He did really well with Deshaun Watson yeah. as a young quarterback, too. I mean, I look, I love Lamar Jackson, too. He's one of my favorite players in the league. I just think that 
all of the optics of what you'd have to give up to get him, then what you would have to pay him, yeah. and then the overhaul that you'd have to do to fit mm-hmm. the system around him. It's just a lot of steps that where things could easily go wrong. And, and if you're Lamar, you have to understand those things, right? Like, wh- like, what do you want if you're him? Like, because you're asking so much from a team. How many teams can do all those things? And on the other side of it, in year one, they're contenders with Lamar Jackson. It seems like any team would probably have a, a year at least to two years of rejiggering. You know, like Lamar, you're going to go somewhere and they're going to pay you a ton and they're going to build around you, but you're probably going to have to wait a couple years before we're really contending. Well, it's it depends just, where like, we go. You know, like, and I don't know what the what the different options are, but there are teams that I think that need quarterbacks that could be pretty yeah. close. Like I, I again, this comes down to Evan and I think more of Lamar Jackson than you do, and that's no disrespect. To you. Like yeah. everybody has an opinion on different players. Yeah. Like just like if he goes to the Jets. You know, no. That's an, if, if that's you, scary. If he, yeah. a, absolutely, if he went to the Jets, it would work. Like they could be if if he if he goes to the Jets, that's a team that can contend well, right away. Didn't Josh McDaniels love him coming out of the draft? That's, well, that was the word. The rumors. That's the rumor, yeah. So the other thing that you have to remember with Lamar Jackson. Is that he doesn't have an agent, and yeah. his his mom runs his life. Oh, so if you want Lamar Jackson, <laughs> then you got to get Mama Jackson. What are you going to do for my baby? Oh no, that's exactly. <laughs> she's a scary woman, know, from what awesome. I've heard. All right, maybe it's a good. Movie. She's she's really uh, his life is a movie, a hundred percent. Like that someday there's like going to be a Lamar like a Blindside movie, but like with Lamar this Jackson is, and his mom, sorry, because Jackson. that. <laughs> Michael, that, <laughs> come on! You're supposed to you're supposed to chime in there. That mom is I I've, I've I seen her in action and she is she's terrified. I fully wow. believe that. I mean, I still remember the draft and just how they kept cutting the camera back to him. Like, oh, see, he should have gone as a wide receiver. He should have gone a wide receiver. Still waiting around. I can't wait to see like the story with that. <laughs> but uh, your your point is is very valid, Fred, with Baltimore because they might be looking at it as like. We're we're the team that's built it for you, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But at the same time, and, and I heard this ridiculous criticism. I think it was Marcus Spears was talking about, you know, they they've let him down. The franchise has let him down. They had Mark Andrews lined up at the X, you know, in the two minute drill down the street. <coughs> well, yeah, Rashad Bateman's hurt. Devin Duvernay's hurt. Like. I'm not telling you that that's like the equivalent of Stephon Diggs and Justin Jefferson because it's not. But those are competent NFL receivers. And when they were here in week three, they threw the ball in an NFL style, not just a gimmick style. The The touchdown catch that Duvernay had in the corner below us in the, in the end, that was a great throw and catch. Like, they didn't have those playmakers. You're throwing the ball to, what's the guy's name, Prochet? Yeah, oh, James Prochet. Yeah. Porsche. I mean, <laughs> come on. Like, they didn't have those guys available. Like, they have – that team in the first 10 weeks of the season was a contender in the AFC. Yeah, I also don't I'm get sorry. the Mark Andrews at the X argument. Like, the Patriots used to do that with Gronk all the time. They would flex him out and, and let him go one-on-one on The point one being on the they outside. didn't have anybody else. That yeah. was the point. That well, they've been, they, but, I mean, you're completely track record rushing under the rug that all the guys that they've gotten are not available right, right now. I mean, yeah. team, people come after the Patriots, and rightfully so, for – Drafting they can't wide get receivers. receivers right. Hollywood Brown, uh, Rashad Bateman's been hurt. I think he's talented, but he's been hurt. Yep. Duvernay is an interesting player, but he's kind of like a gadgety receiver yep. and not totally like a agreed. traditional. Yeah, they've had a really tough. Miles and Blinking it's funny, busted. They both have. They're both. <laughs> yeah. that, that's tough. that's that's really interesting. They're both tied. Baltimore and the Patriots' ideology is very similar, and they both struggle at the same position. 
Yeah, I never really thought about that. And, and Baltimore can draft at every position. Yes. Except uh, that yes. one. Uh, so, Juan, your first uh, would you rather was pretty good. Oh, wow. We're still yeah. going. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no. Uh, second would you rather, Mac becomes Matt Ryan level or Zappy becomes Kirk Cousins level? Those are two different levels. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm going to take the Matt Ryan level. Yeah. yeah. MVP quarterback? That <laughs> yeah. Can't ever win it? Yeah. I, I think Matt Ryan's better than Kirk Cousins, but not by a ton. Yeah, I'm with Paul. I was going to say okay. either. All right. I think Matt Ryan, you know, this is in, to your point about the Shanahan system. I think Matt Ryan had one outlier year. I think otherwise he's been good. With Kyle. Uh, all right. Patriots I just said it. I was giving you credit. <laughs> Do I have to put it in writing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, all Patriots games called by Al Michaels and Tony Dungy. Or all Patriots games called by Romo. See, it doesn't Ooh. affect us. What happened to Romo? No, Beasley Reese. <laughs> yeah. What game was that where Romo was on it? And I was like, can oh, we mute the TV? Yeah. He, he's <laughs> I, I, when he, his first couple of years, I was like, wow, this guy's great. He's a breath of yeah. fresh air. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, if some, somebody said, you know, stop telling people what's going to happen before it happens. Don't do that anymore. And that was the only thing yeah. he brought to the table. And right. they don't do it right. anymore. He doesn't now do he it just anymore. kind of hems and haws until it happens. And yeah. That's what I thought was going to happen. It's like fourth and one, Jim. <laughs> it's like he Tony. Can't. What do you think? Do, do, do they they roll a dice here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, it's like this is the game, Jim. <laughs> it's like they, he cashed in. And he's, he's, the second yeah. year, yeah. You get worse at it. I don't the, know. The, the best His voice was, uh, gets all high. The, the Bills took the field in the second half for their first drive of the third quarter, and he goes. I just feel like the Bills are going to take off here. <laughs> and then it was a fumble. Strip <laughs> <laughs> sack. Wrong. Uh, and this one is for Mike, Paul, and Tamara. Oh, yeah. Five days Thank a week for unfiltered shows or five post-game shows after primetime games? <laughs> oh, oh, God. Five days a week of, of regular shows. Yeah, five days a those, week of unfiltered those night, shows. Those Grand night post-game shows. Grandpa Paul can't handle the, post, the post-games I after have the no primetimers. Me either. Ooh. I'd say to me, like, the mm. post-game show, like, you, you got all that adrenaline. Oh, yeah. I love, oh, yeah, yeah, I love yeah, yeah, the post. Yeah, yeah. The no, post game show yeah. is my favorite yeah. show of the week. It is. Yeah. It is. I'm just saying yeah. specifically after the primetime games, yeah. especially this year. It's a grind. Yeah. They're, they're a grind. Smallest file. Yeah. In. I, if I, we're going to do this, I didn't Fred say and I anybody have to get on the plane money after those primetime games and then uh, fly across the country. Private plane. So, like, if you're food. Should we tell him what an overnight is? I don't think he understands. No. No. Try doing every newspaper guys are coming after you now. And then come home and having four hours of work to do. It's a uh, newspaper man. And having uh, having Mara. someone have to shuffle the photos down to photo maps. So you should be thanking <laughs> my generation that it's now all dot com and you don't have to do that That's anymore. Right. You're welcome. That's right, internet. But yeah, you know, you know nothing of, okay. of, of late nights coming home. You get on the plane, you come home, late you go home. Late nights and early mornings. You go home. Yeah. And then you come right back. Turn oh, around. my God. First world problems for all of us <laughs> yeah, right yeah, now. Probably. Then there was, the, there was a, a short time frame where Fred started the pre and post game shows and Andy and I stopped traveling. And but we still did the paper, so <laughs> we, they would be in like Denver, and we'd be done with the post game show. You know, let's say like midnight, and have to wait for them to get home at oh, like six a.m. They wouldn't let you. Wouldn't let you go out. Go, no, go we had all the layout. stuff done. We had all yeah, the pages written. Wait. You know, but we had to wait for the photos to get. You know, mm. like everything to be put in. Or Silverman. Oh, it was yeah. brutal. We had we had like two hours of editing to do when we got back. Yeah. I mean, we actually well, proofread. I had like a. I would be bad. At I had an air mattress hour. in my office, and I would just I'd, blow it up. I'd sleep for a couple Tough hours, night. wait for them to come in. Was and Freddie be like, "All right, boys." <laughs> <laughs> The world's first air mattress. <laughs> wow, this, wow. Guy, <laughs> this guy's tough on me. 
They have air back then? It's actually made out of straw. <laughs> it's like Jesus. Why? Uh, <laughs> well, what? Uh, William, why do you know. chime in as if you're younger than me? <laughs> At least just, Evan's like 20 years younger than me. He it can just do seems it. that way. <laughs> does it? Yeah. Does it? To me, it oh, does. Oh, does it? This <laughs> <laughs> is a guy who hasn't walked straight in like 20 years. Okay, let's go. Let's go. What, Where are we your, going? Go. Name your sport. Go. Where are we going? Name your sport, Andy Hart. Okay, you want to grab a bat? I'll, I'll beat, do you want to embarrass oh, yourself no. like Andy did? I'll beat you like I beat him. Ooh. I'll beat you like a dog, Balboa. <laughs> hey, woman. Uh, Seth in Portland, uh, the one in Oregon. Uh. I uh, really appreciate what you do. Lived away from Boston for a long time, and you make it easy to know what's going on inside the fan base. Question slash a game. I think the three top offseason needs are impactful players at corner, receiver, and OT. There we go. For this question, you have to get one in the first round, one in a later round, and one through free agency. Love Which it. position would you get where, and who would you target? Well, that's mm. This is right so up our alley. Who, who, who to target is tough heart. Um yeah, I, I guess I would. I guess first round. First round, I'd go receiver. Yeah. I'd go corner. It's a tough corner class. i go tackle just because of the, I, I know I some of the – I haven't looked at the class. I know I'm some of the players available, and I think tackles were the best tackle. I would go tackle, be. first round, receiver, later round, and – Free agent corner. Free agent corner. So yeah, do I don't so, like free agent corner. I, I, I had a question for you, Worked actually. out with Gilmore. I know yep, that you've yeah, always been – the athletic, rangy linebacker. That's always yeah. been your, yeah. your – but you seem to, like, come off that a little I bit. I have. No, and that's – and I'm glad you brought that up. No, Devin, my, Devin my, Lloyd made my too many plays. No, and nice. well, right. well, part of it is unfortunate resignation that they're probably going to ride with Bentley and they re-signed <laughs> Tavai. And so those yeah. guys are probably the guys. And if they're going to get somebody like that, it's going to be like a rotational backup kind of guy. So that's why I've made peace of it. But I will say, to add a fourth thing to the defense, I just – I think you need – Somebody in the front seven. It could be a defensive tackle. It could be a defensive edge player. I just think you need another blue chip. Someone just keep play in the second half of season. That would be nice. You know, oh. hey, that would be great. Um, you <laughs> want to get back to when that. you had three first round picks and, and you know you had Will Fork, you had <laughs> Warren, oh, and yeah. Warren, Warren and Seymour. I wouldn't. That I wouldn't the, be. Those were the days. But I think just one more. You know, some kind of reinforcement. Continue building around those guys. If if you bring in somebody that could unseat Dietrich Wise, I'm not. I'm not against it. I think that that could be upgraded. I think Bentley could be upgraded, even though I think that they're probably married to him at least for another year. Yeah, so the reason why he I, had his best season. The reason why I brought it up is because they have been extremely zone heavy the, over the last couple of years, and I think they want to get back to playing more man to man, ideally. But chasing that Stephon Gilmore, Darrell Revis corner to play more man to man, if they can't do that, then they got to get more athletic at linebacker to play so much zone. And the one guy that I look at in free agency who I think is really, really interesting is Tremaine Edmonds. Oh, I knew you were going to say that, and yeah. I was like, please say Tremaine. Because <laughs> that's another one of those guys that was drafted too high for you to get your hands on him, and he is a freak. I mean, he's oh, a, he only like 24 years old. Yeah. He's like really young. He was young. Really young. Now, I think Buffalo is going to find a way to keep him because they just pay over the cap until they can he's find a way to amazing. keep everybody. But I, I think that that's an interesting one that yeah. – if he does come free, that's another in that Stefan Gilmore style of just there's not that many guys like this that yeah. exist. I love earth. it. I mean, I and, and that's why, like, looking at the class, and, and maybe I'm a little bit gun shy from 2021. It's like I'd rather just I don't need to sign eight guys that are he's okay. I'd like I'd rather just 
Give me one. Give me right. one at that position and put a bunch and of that's why. Oh, just go ahead. Tomorrow. I was going to say, I'm with Deuce. I would rather not have eight knockoffs. I need, like, name brand. Like, I need on brand. Like, <laughs> I, I don't like need. It. I like it. I don't need some school. You want Thai. <laughs> you don't want, like. Yeah. She wants yeah. the Lululemon. You don't want yes. Berkeley and Jensen. Yes. <laughs> you I, want Thai. Like, it's like, I don't want the Amazon yeah. dupe. Not I want the, the real Ryan. thing. Yeah. I want yeah. the real thing. Like, don't give me not, someone from a school. I think. You don't want to Chattanooga? You don't. No. If I have to Google what school he came from. The Mox? No. No. The, the tackle, no. I think, will end up being the first round pick. Yeah, but the way that the question was posed was like, "What would you rather?" Like, I, I, I'd rather do what Evans talking about and get an established tackle sure. and pay for it. I just don't think they will. Yeah, I don't think they'll give McClinchy or Orlando Brown like, I, I, I top just, of the market tackle. Yeah. Money. I just like taking a tackle in first because it's more of a sure thing. Yeah, I don't know you why know? you think uh, that. I, I, uh, I just need a lot to happen. One, they better not <laughs> trade down. They better, if anything, oh no, go that's up. Coming. We got like, Eric back. No one has time. <laughs> no, I, no I just time. think that when <laughs> I look at the, I don't have time for this. when I look at this free agency class, it's not a great free agency Damn. class for the guys that are expected to hit the market. So I would rather instead of just overpaying somebody at a position of need like they did last time where they overpay Nelson Aguilar and Johnny Smith just because they needed a tight end and a wide receiver you might linebacker might not be your biggest need on the board right now but Tremaine Edmonds can flat out play and so that's a guy that comes in and just makes you a better football team and instead of handing a bag to somebody that's not really that good like you know we handed a bag to a Pro Bowl player and I think with him too he's big it's not it's not a total departure from the the body type Sick of me if they sign him. By the way, that play that he made uh, against (laughs) Miami in the flat, that that play in coverage, like they don't have a single guy on the roster Mm -hmm. that can make that play. No. Oh, by the way, how mad would you have been if? Kyle Van Noy made that interception <laughs> that was right in his hands. He had a couple of those. He's really How good at timing the, the yeah. batted well, passes. The one in the, the last drive was a drop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 He posted uh, on Twitter like a, a a screenshot, a note screenshot, like basically apologizing to Chargers fans that they blew a 27 oh. to nothing lead. It's like he never would have done Can that here. Yeah. Uh, John in Melbourne uh, in Australia. <laughs> Uh, I know I'm late on this one as I'm catching up on last week's episode, but I was keen to check out Paul's assertion that Kendrick Bourne would be up there for penalties per snap. I could find penalty numbers, but not per snap, and only by position. So amongst all receivers in the league, he's ranked 37th, um, with two, although there was one decline. Oh, he had more than two penalties, please. That's what he said. That's not – whatever that website was is wrong. Are you texting Kendrick? Uh, I guess my hindsight is off because I was with Paul feeling that he'd be up there, but Myers has something more, and it's nothing on Metcalf and Hollins, who leads the position with seven each. Yeah, well, mm. Bourne played probably at – I mean, how many snaps did Bourne play in comparison to well, Metcalf? That's the thing, per snap. You, you know, we you could know. have drafted DK Metcalf. Yes. People forget wow. that. I've heard that. Yes, if, and if you did – He wouldn't be this player? No, if you, if you, draft, <laughs> if you draft Metcalf over uh, – he had four penalties, Paul. What Thank year? you. <laughs> I knew I knew it wasn't I two. Knew it. Uh, if you drafted Metcalf over Keneal Harry, then you're an idiot. <laughs> Quote Mike Lombardi. Keneal <laughs> quote. Keneal. Keneal Harry, that's a complete receiver. That's what I that's what I heard. Do you think he gets signed? I mean he'll probably uh, so that was that was no. Mike Lombardi heading into that draft. Yeah. Yeah. So the rest of John's email, I don't know how accurate it is, but he says um, I, uh, let's see. If you're interested, Brown led the team with nine penalties, two declined. And These win, are all wrong. Sorry. And win followed with eight, one declined. These are all wrong. I'm sorry. Really? They're all wrong? Yeah, sorry. Turn Brown sorry, sorry, John. So like I don't know where you get all the your info. For for no reason. And he also says we had more penalties in 2012, 14, 15, and 18. 
but I don't know. I don't know if any of that information is Trent correct. Brown was called for 13 penalties. <laughs> wow. Which led all offensive linemen. It was tied for the lead of all. And he all probably could have had 20. All accepted or some of those declined. And Wynn would have beaten him had he not <laughs> gotten hurt. hurt. How many did Wynn end up with in half a season? He might be right on, closer to, with Wynn just because he didn't play enough to rack him up. I'll look. All right. Uh, let's see. Shane in Ireland writes in. First time emailer. Ireland. Um, having listened to Evan discuss how the Patriots finally went back to the style Nine. that worked last season, did the coaching staff put Mack in a position to fail in the Bills game? All year long, the calls have been conservative and regularly taking the game out of Mack's hands. Then when the season's on the line, they tell him to throw. Surely this was always going to end up in some mistakes due to the lack of practice in game situations. Not just Mac, but all the skill positions being unfamiliar with the game plan after a season of playing another way. Did you guys see that? So the first three games, they did exactly what they did. Right. In this game. They their game plan coming into the season was to let Mac cook. They right. wanted to spread the field and let him bombs away. And I think some people are going to take this as say, "Oh, well, Evan, you're you say everything positive about Mac, but Mac ain't ready for that. He's not." Five picks later, they said, "We can't do that." Anymore. Right. So they. <laughs> They do need to put Mac back into, I wouldn't necessarily call it conservative, just a more manufactured offense where Scheme is doing a lot of the heavy lifting. They're getting guys open with play action and motion like the Niners do. And that, I think, is the offense that he would succeed in. They tried to play the offense this year like they were the Cincinnati Bengals. We're going to line up across from you. We're going to put the quarterback in the gun. We're going to run Jamar Chase over here. We're going to run T. Higgins over there. And you can't stop us. If you watch the Bengals offense, that's all they do. They just line up and they beat you one-on-one across the board because they got better players than you. The Patriots don't have better players than anybody. So to do that, you look at presses, you lead to turnovers, tight window throws lead to turnovers, bombs into tight coverage lead to turnovers, and that's how you got the offense that you got this year. All right. Uh, Ian writes in. He's in Virginia. Uh, In the Patriots' loss to the Bills, there were two kickoff returns for touchdowns. It reminded me of the Seinfeld episode when the sick little boy asked Kramer for Paul O'Neill to hit two home runs in a game. Hamlin was the sick little boy and Hines was O'Neill. There were two. I didn't remember that. <laughs> That's this year's they didn't punt. You know what I'm realizing? <laughs> Evan doesn't do snark as well as I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll teach you. I'll teach you. I forgot about the, the um, David writes in. Two? You know what else I heard? I don't know if this is accurate, but there were only six returned for touchdowns in the whole league. That's right. I Patriots had this. three. And three of them were against the Patriots. I heard that. Two That's in right. Game. Might want to check that. After uh, Jake Bailey went on injured reserve, by the way. Wasn't a problem until then. Are we in the market for two kickers, a punter and a kicker? What? That fifth round, they're going to draft one. I can guarantee <laughs> you that. It's either going to be a punter or a kicker. Well, I don't they know do have one. a lot of picks in this draft, too. They do. Oh, they have 12? As of right 11. now. 11. 11? They got screwed on the J.C. Jackson pick. Because he got hurt. Yeah. It's supposed to be a th- the top third-round comp pick, and now it's a fourth-round pick. That's not official, right? That's like No, it's projections. What's his face there? What's the guy's name? Cortier. He does a good job, though. Is it, Qu- is it Corte? Yeah, he, he's he's I pretty good. I to give him credit, he's but like, I don't know how to pronounce it. You know how Doc Chow is like 99% of the time he's right? That's yeah. Cortier. That guy, that guy gets the comp picks perfect. Yeah. Uh, let's see. David says, if Devin McCourty decides to retire, is there anyone on the current roster primed to take his spot? Jalen Mills. Someone threw that in uh, SPFW, I think. Yeah, I like the J. I don't like the Joneses. What about Duggar? What? 
Uh, Duggar, I think that's really limiting his ceiling as a player because now you're just having him play post-safety center field. I think he could do it, but I agree with Evan. I like him near the line of scrimmage too much to take that element away from him. Yeah. yeah. The, th- the thing about McCourty is you're losing two things. You're losing the on-field and his position, but then the leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, So you have to make up for a couple things there. The leadership thing is interesting. I, I don't know who stands out to me necessarily out of this locker. I think we talked about this I last week about leaders. Adrian Phillips. To be that leader. One. He's a quiet guy, though. He's not. I think he can be, but he also knows when to turn it on. Like, I yeah. feel like when we've talked to him, even talked to him even after really tough games, like he has really great composure and, and like, you know, does a great job where it's like some guys you're like, no, don't go near them after a game. He, yeah. He's great. I do think, though, there's a lot of guys in that mold, and there's not a lot of fiery, serious football. Like Bentley. I think Bentley mm-hmm. I put in that category of just, you know, those guys who really take it seriously. Like Judon's, he's personable and, and, and talks, but he doesn't seem like that kind of leader. You know, like I just I think you need those kind of guys, like, you know, that are serious. And uh, I don't know who other than Bentley, though. Duggar maybe, but he's quiet, too. A lot of quiet guys. Um, the Patriots are the quiet They're team. Quiet. The quiet That's types. Watch them. out for the quiet ones. Uh, Joey writes in from San Antonio. Uh, what do you guys think about trying to acquire T. Higgins and Adam Thalen for 2023? Granted, Adam is 32 years old, but feel both players can help the offense. I would take T. Higgins in a blank. I, I'm all yeah. set on Adam I'm done with. I'm done with Thalen. Yeah, he's mean to Bill, and I didn't like that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they love each other. <laughs> I'd rather sign up. Jacoby, uh, re-sign Jacoby than, mm-hmm. than I, and I just I feel like that should happen regardless, personally. I, I think this goes back to Evan's point, which I was very much on board with last year, too, when they signed – well, two years ago when they signed the free agents. And they were all guys coming off their first contract in their 20s. Like, I'm fine with those kind of free agent signings. Like, I just feel like every year now you have to think weapon day one or two. Like, you just have to continually, whether it's a receiver, a tight end, or running back. Like, every by the end of day Don't two when every back. draft. Yeah, do not say that. I was just saying that someone. I was like, they better not draft Fine. a running back. But either way. Like, Deuce, Deuce is going to have some good battles with no. Evan when we do our draft <laughs> podcast. We're going to get a running back. No, are you, I, are no. you I sold mean, like Kevin Harris I, and, and, I guess, and I guess, though, to specify, when I say running back, I mean more like James White receiving back, you know, like those third down kind of guys. And, and I'm Jabari not saying Gibbs but from Alabama first round. I just think you get it. to the end of day two in every draft. You should have one of those guys in the pipeline. And that's, you know, look at the 49ers. I know that they filled out what they had, but I mean, they drafted Ayuk, they drafted Debo. You, know, like you just have to keep these guys in the pipeline and it can't be every free agent cycle. We're going to go get a 32 year old Adam. Thielen and that's what makes it hard. Problems. Like you, you, you say that in, in, 2020 they went out and they splurged in that free agent class and it was all guys coming up well the reason most of those guys are available is they're not quite at that level because most guys that are ending their first contract that are super talented get retained yeah or you got to give up the move or you got to give up a first round pick to do do. like the receiver the receiver thing with i mean just look at all of them just last year it, it was aj brown it was hollywood brown Terry McLaurin ended up re-signing and, as Evan likes to say, got the bag from Washington, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Debo got the bag from San Francisco. Teams don't just let that guy walk for nothing, you know. But you know, most third, teams third don't round, think the comp pick is worth third the, round the comp talent pick. that they lose, right? You know. So if you want it, like that's what it'll take. I think it'll take a first round pick to get T. Higgins. 
I just look at the T. Higgins, uh, along with really liking the player, Cincinnati does not have deep pockets, and they have to pay Joe Burrow $50 million. They're going to have to pay Jabbar Chase $30 million. Yeah. And so at some point, somebody has to be the odd man out in Cincinnati that they're not going to be able to afford all. It's not about the cap. It's about real money coming into the organization. And they and, have a lot on defense, too. I talked to Jeff Hobson the day that we played uh, what, Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bengals, and he was talking about like the Jesse Bates yeah. and Logan Wilson, uh, mm-hmm. a couple other guys. Like they're going to have decisions DJ to make. Reader, hello. They can't keep all those guys, right. and it's not a, like Evan said. It's not a cap thing. How is Tyler Boyd? Is he? He's up there in age now. He's, too. Yeah, he's a little longer in the tooth. Yeah. Jesse Bates is an interesting one too, though. If Devin McCourty retires and he ends up hitting free agency, that's another guy that I yeah. would and he would played on the franchise, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. this year, yeah. right? That was he was one of the few. I mean, looking at those free agency, look at the tackles. I mean, you mentioned McGlinchey and Brown. I mean, there are some guys that you look at, at least on paper, they're a name and they're going to cost a lot, but at least you can see uh, he was the other one. A receiver, I don't know. There's nobody on receiver that I'm like, oh, we got to go trade get that for guy. Mm-hmm. All right. It's a three-year rebuild. No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> Uh, Tyler in New York City, are there archives somewhere of old PU or PFW in progress episodes? God, I, like, I hope not. <laughs> I'd like to listen to some old episodes during the offseason, mostly to relive old moments, hear reactions to things we've seen play out later. Could be really fun. Lucky for you. How, f- how far back, back does it opens? go, Matt? Do we know? I know we you know, had him at one time. Well, oh, I think that's a great. Oh yeah, that was a great idea. And I then we had whoever the was. <laughs> then we had anything I said in I the past. I cannot be held responsible. And then for. I think we had the great flood of 2012 or mm. one, one of those years, right? Yeah. When the whole uh, system got fried. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Really? Oh no. It just <laughs> oh, all of a sudden you turn, betcha. You turn. It leaked oh, no. right down from the uh, ceiling. Ref some hockey yeah. this weekend, I guess. Pipe broke and we we lost a lot of gear and a bunch of stuff. Oh. Didn't have the right producer. Yeah. Oh, Matt would have been in there with a wow, yeah, marine train. I saved skills. it all. Yeah, the the what's the the suction pump things? The penis pump? sump pump? <laughs> no, <laughs> Mike. What? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what to do. That was, that was too, uh, you know, uh, on the tip of your tongue. <laughs> Apparently, what's going on over at the Duso House? <laughs> I've been talking about some mysterious pump that he has. Well, when I was when I was a kid, my the house I grew up in, the the basement would flood a lot. Yeah, he had sump pumps. Yeah, Ah, sump. Yeah, so my my dad had it all rigged and everything. Yeah, I got the irrigation system. I don't know where sump. Do you know? Oh Oh, yeah. Okay. You got to have that on the cape. Oh yeah. 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 A lot of groundwater. What you guys get for snow? Nothing. Really? I mean, it snowed, but nothing stuck. Oh, I got a couple inches. Yeah, up in Peabody, up there, yeah. in the hills of Peabody. <laughs> Save that one, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> me. Yeah. I, with that, I think. Wait uh, a minute. We, we got eight minutes left. Eight uh, I minutes. Think, I think we're gonna call it a day. <laughs> wow. I gotta get. You up have no. Meeting. You have no like thoughts at all. And I'm <laughs> stunned. You usually have like a lot of different random things that we stuck out for playoff games. We talked about it. All you said was, I was happy for Trevor Lawrence. That was like your grand observation because your guy came back and won. (laughs) What did you think of the Giants' predictable upset of the Vikings, which just seemed like everybody was. We were finally right about the Vikings. Everybody (laughs) was like, nope, nope, the Giants are going to. I mean, is that the most predictable upset? I found myself nodding off a lot in the chair on that one. (laughs) That game? I'd wake up. That was like the best game of the week. That was a great game. I know, but I I woke up and a lot of had happened. 
I'm like, yeah. oh, the ridiculous passing, uh, roughing the passer they called on Dexter yeah. Lawrence yeah. at the end of that game. Yeah. That fourth down, though, that was Kirk a terrible Kirk, call. Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Oh, I didn't see that. If that wasn't Kirk down? Cousins yeah. in a nutshell, right. okay, take, take so the I'm check. Gl- out. I'm glad that we did this. <laughs> he checked it down. <laughs> okay, fourth in the game. So whose fault was that? Kirk Cousins. Okay, they called a vertical concept so, and he checked it down. <laughs> so why, when, when the Patriots check it down on third and fourteen, is it Matt Patricia's fault? <laughs> Well, it depends on the play design. There's always, there's always something. They're running post wheel to the field, and he checked it down. I mean, what do you want? I think it was all Kirk Cousins' fault. Unlike most people, I don't think Kirk Cousins is anything special. And I think Mac Jones someday might aspire to be Kirk Cousins. Well, the best is be thoroughly like average. All the like quarterback, you know, ex quarterbacks and like Kurt Warner's of the world are like, what would you like the quarterback to do? Okay, the safety goes over to Justin Jefferson's side of the field, and he's got two vertical routes with no safety over the top on the left. I would side, even argue. And I he don't care. It down. <laughs> what I do don't you even mean? care if there's nobody open. You can't throw it that far short of the sticks on fourth down with your season on the line. No, he. Ex- oh. What are you expecting, like, Hawkinson, to break the tackle and go? Oh, up there? which yeah. one? Yeah. <laughs> right. Like he's he's like five full yards short of the sticks. Classic Kirk Cousins. Like you can't do that. You can't. I just. I, I, it, it was amazing that as soon as the play happened, my my wife goes, "What is Matt Patricia calling the play?" <laughs> oh, <laughs> that point. That's and I'm thinking to myself. It's amazing. Kirk Cousins is getting killed on Twitter for checking it down, <laughs> which I was part like I didn't do it on Twitter, but I was saying the same thing. But like when Jacoby Myers catches a five yard crosser on third and ten, no one no one blames well, Mac Jones because for that. sometimes that's the play design. <laughs> they like to run that little downfield screen thing on third and eleven, and they think it's going to work, and it didn't work. They do nine love out of ten times. Guys. My fans coming know. in. I, I told them not to bother me during the show. They just that was really the door weird. Down. Uh-oh. I thought that had a lock on it. I thought it did too. <laughs> I don't know. All right, no. um, now so we'll call, we'll call it a show. Kill. Now Fred now didn't watch. Gotta. Fred didn't watch the games evidently, <laughs> so that's why we can't talk about. <laughs> he napped off. And that game cousins. was not boring at all. No, that was a great game. I think, game. I, think I ate something and I just fe- kind of fell asleep. Oh. Like Saquon's Daniel Jones played really yeah, well. Yeah, and Saquon Barkley. That was probably one of the best games I've seen since his injury. Like. He was really, really. Yeah, good. he had he had a good. I, I remember some of it. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I, I what were you drinking? <laughs> it's like doing the snore away. Yeah, I remember some of it. I was, oh, I was yeah. kind of high. Nobody was dead. Wake myself than up. Jones, you know. Though. Actually, the best really part good. about and the playoffs this weekend to was the social media afterwards. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah. And I also said like, to myself, "Did you while, see? Uh, did you see on social media the the Giants posted Daniel Jones with a Danny Dimes huge chain on, basically mimicking Kirk Cousins Danny. and his jewelry? Wow, it was amazing. I like that. Okay, Danny. Let's I, settle down. I think okay, he's not good, but I like what the social media team did. Yeah. That's that fair, was, but that it's like good. you know they know. call him Danny Dimes, like since his rookie year. I don't know why, because he I had mean, more interceptions than anything. He hasn't dropped a dime in like three years exactly. right? until Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> Brian Dable's like holding him with kid gloves and everybody. Oh, do you see that game that Daniel Jones played? Oh, you just don't unless <laughs> they have the pedigree <laughs> of like. There's like three yeah. guys that he thinks are any good. Everybody right. else, it's all about the coach. 110 percent correct. Dak Lamar. I don't. Josh Allen. <laughs> okay, wait, Evan. So Patrick you, Mahomes. Evan, do you think that Dak Prescott had a great game last night, or game. do you think the Bucks defense was just really bad? No, I thought Dak oh. played well uh, last night. I think Danny Dimes, so they have you know expected completion rate, right? Mm-hmm. His expected completion rate against the Vikings was 74%. What did he complete? <laughs> 74 <laughs> percent good, good job right and and well. he met expectations and the, so the Vikings many, uh, defense what, what did he have for expected yards gained rushing because <laughs> he had 78 the Vikings defense that's a lot this year 
the highest PFF grade for five different quarterbacks has come against the Vikings defense, including Mac Jones. Well, I, that, I <laughs> so, said the whole game. I was I, I had like the two two sides in my head, as you know. I can argue even with oh, myself. Yeah, I'm watching the game. I'm like, wow, Daniel Jones looks really good. I didn't think he was this good. Daniel, uh, he's playing the Vikings. I saw <laughs> Mac Jones do this against the Vikings, and I don't think he's any good. The Devil Perillo. <laughs> All right. Now, <laughs> well, well, we now, Fred no, now, now it's at least close to two yeah. o'clock. All right, um, what's what's the deal? Uh, we're, we'll be back t- uh, Thursday yeah. at noon, and then catch twenty two on Thursday at two. Yeah, after us. Okay, yeah. all right. So that's the lineup with for a this big week. announcement coming. Oh, all right. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts. The world's original podcast.